is the stream. Huh. I'm not seeing the stream anywhere. It's hiding. Seems that way. Well. Oh, we are live here on YouTube. All right, I guess we'll uh, I guess we'll work with that. Hey there, guys! What is going on? And welcome to the Xbox Roundtable podcast. This is episode number one hundred and seventy-eight. Thank you all for tuning in. This is the best place for Xbox talk on Sunday nights. I'm your host, Invader, and we've got a jam-packed show for you tonight. Once again, we have chatter of Hideo Kojima and Xbox possibly working together. We'll definitely dive into that. As well, Square Enix denying reports of interest in acquisition. Could there be some big players in talks with them behind the scenes? Or maybe not. Also, there's been games such as MLB The Show and Outriders that have finally come out. We'll give some of our thoughts on those games and so much more. However, you know, we got lots to talk about tonight, but first, let me introduce everybody on tonight's panel. And joining us tonight are two very cool personalities. Up first, from the Gaming Beyond the Box podcast, please welcome friend of the show, Fork Boy. Hey, buddy, how you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, excited to go over everything and excited to be here. Uh, we'll see uh, kind of how this goes, because I'm excited about one of the topics. <laughs> Ooh, looking forward to that. Uh, yeah, definitely, buddy. Um, which uh, which topic? I'm kind of curious. What are you excited about? Uh, Outriders. Uh, I've spent close to 50 hours in it and haven't touched it in a week now. So, <laughs> all right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, no, no, I know. I know a bunch of people on the panel have been playing it, including myself. So, uh, yeah, I'll be interesting to hear what uh, people think of that and MLB too. I mean, I'm not a baseball guy, but. Um... You know what? Uh, freeze free, man. <laughs> exactly right. And high, well, high profile free, no less. So, uh, you know, we'll t definitely uh, get into that, buddy. And also with us tonight for the second time, uh, the always passionate So Shady. How you been, man? Oh, I've been damn good, Invader. I just wanted to say thank you so much for having me on the show. I've taken a very extended uh, break from the community, and it has been many, many, many months since I've done a podcast, and I'm just very excited to get in here with all the guys and talk uh, this week's you know hottest gaming rumors and whatnot and shoot some shit, man. Let's do it. All right, all right. I, I like that energy, buddy. Um, now we'll move on to the TXR regulars and uh, Centurion, buddy. Hey, what's going on, bud? What is up? It is Sunday night. We've got a great panel. I'm totally excited. But let's get one thing uh, corrected real quick there, Fork Boy. Technically, you did not get those games for free. You paid for them. <laughs> it is not the service's fault that they give you such an amazing value that it feels like they're free. No, you're right. I mean, it. it it's no, not I just, free. It's like, I but... just don't want to have like, oh, yeah, everybody's like, oh, you get them for free. It's like, no, actually, technically, we pay for them. It's just not the fact that the service is I mean, so amazing that it feels I, like they're free. So I look at it this way. If I play however many games I play that month, I divide that by the 15. And on a given month, I'll play roughly five to ten different Game Pass games. So, I mean, it's like a dollar fifty each. Dude, remember when so... we had to be like, you know, the whole idea of gaming on a budget? Like, oh, oh, dude, man, I got to save up for that. I had games. Super Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt for like four years before I got Metroid. 
Even when you could rent games from Blockbuster, <laughs> it was like five to seven dollars for one game for three days, not fifty dollars right. yep. for three hundred yeah. for a month. This well, is a look, totally different level of renting. And, and, and mind you, games back mm-hmm. then did not cost sixty dollars, but we Some still had to budget did. them. <laughs> oh, dude, well, let's also look at like right now in the month of May. Sixty-four did. In the month of May yeah. alone, we've actually got some good games coming out. One of them is the the Mass Effect Legendary Edition, which is three games and like a massive amount of DLC. Now these games are not appearing in in Game Pass. Imagine looking at some of these games, going, "I want to buy those, but I already spent my money on this game." But because of the money we saved on Game Pass, we can actually eyeball some of these other games further ahead that are not going to be in the service. Absolutely, yeah. man. I'm spending more money on games because of Game Pass, not less. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I if I like a game, I'll buy it. I have Elder Scrolls Online, and I just bought the uh, expansion today, so that was another sixty. Wait a minute, you play, dude? Me and you were gonna have talk, man. See that? I play. Everybody's I play talking about outright. I play off and on. I'm only like level fifteen. I don't play as much as I, I would just like. rolled my level to seven hundred and one the other day. Yeah, the see, I now is eight hundred and ten, yeah. but they're actually going to extend that into like the thousands here um, in June. I'm excited for June eighth, so. I oh, decided I, to start playing I've again. I've already had mine deal. That's why I was like, we got to hang out sometime because uh, everybody's like, oh, I've been playing Outriders. Yeah, I started playing this game that was like cracked to me a long time ago. It's called Elder Scrolls Online. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, we'll get into Elder, Outriders later. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait for that talk, guys. Uh, but first, first, let's finish up the uh, the intros. But uh, yeah, Fork's going to. Oh, I'm really looking forward to this one. Uh, moving further on down here. Tim, buddy. Hey, how's things at your end? Very good, uh, awesome panel here tonight. Uh, so it should be a really good show. I think we're gonna have a good eventful week. Um, and uh, you know, just Sunday night, it's kicking off the week, and then uh, good panel should be a good show, no doubt, my friend. And finally, Shockley, buddy, hey, uh, how you doing, man? Pretty good, just in uh, what it was. Oh, yeah, other than Outriders, which will get into a late a little bit later uh just been jumping in some evil within uh didn't miss the chance to play that game from the uh beginning i thought it was going to be more of a it's not feeling as re- there's a little bit of like resident evil 4 to it a little bit and i get kind of like that outless outlast feel in the early parts so we'll see how that mm-hmm. turns out but i've been having a lot of fun on twitter with this cmos battery it's been really just entertaining <laughs> just to just a joke people were taking it really seriously <laughs> especially when someone was like you know, every computer, everything has a CMOS battery. Uh, nope, Xboxes don't. Uh, sorry. <laughs> they got really upset when they found that out. Like, it's like shit. But yeah, well, it's been fun and teasing to the, today. But, well, some people take it personal, yeah, right? Get into it. So. Well, wasn't it just recently somebody tried to come? I think it was actually in the chat on this show. Somebody put it in the chat that says Xbox is not innovative. <laughs> you know it's from like well dude actually i'm sorry but uh <laughs> it keeps coming out that xbox has really put a lot of thought into series x so you keep trying on that one bud mm-hmm. someone's like if if, if well, what if the xbox has to re- you know bricks and you have to repair it and then you have to do a system reset yeah true you would be screwed on that one um but guess what's probably gonna die almost a certainty is the battery the hardware going kaput I got Dreamcast and GameCubes. Batteries are all dead. They still play games. The hardware still works. So, mm-hmm. which one's gonna which one's gonna die fast? Is this battery changeable? If you get a right, if you get the right tech guy that knows how to do it, you yeah. can change it. That's not the problem though. Is once you change it, they have it so that it actually has to authenticate 
with the PlayStation servers. So if they don't allow you to authenticate it anymore, then once you change it, you can't play physical disc. Oh, wow. So that's See, now, the problem. Isn't it like, now, wasn't CMOS batteries on like old school game cartridges? Yeah, they're on game cartridges. They're, they're like on pretty much everything. Right now, Xboxes, 360, Xbox One, Series X don't have them. Um, I know the original Xbox had like the capacitor, which you would have to, you actually want to remove unless you have like the gold one, but because it leaks <laughs> and destroys the board. But uh, yeah, that's, that's the thing is most of them have them, but most of them don't have this uh, something they would have had to program in the system to, hey, once that battery goes kaput, you have to authenticate with us again. PS3 mm-hmm. had that same battery, but if that goes out, you're screwed for digital purchases but you're not screwed for physical disc. Like, why would that, why would you be screwed at a physical? They know you have to have it in your, your hand. So it's not like digital where you, you know, have to authenticate who you are to play the game because you might not own it. So that would make sense. But that's, that's the distinction. So but you're telling me, people, tell, let's get this straight. You're telling me PlayStation was doing DRM before Xbox. Yeah, it's funny how that <laughs> turned around. Because <laughs> here's the thing is I can still authenticate my Microsoft Office from the mid-2000s. They still, I even installed it one of my newer computers just because I wanted to be cheap and just use, you know, Word for something. And I installed it in my newer PC. I authenticated it just fine with the key from the mid-2000s. So I'm pretty sure Microsoft's going to be able to, especially since they're building this ecosystem, like to move forward, you're going to be able to authenticate for like decades well beyond any batteries dying you're not going to have that issue because what what they give us free cloud basically free cloud storage basically to just like take our saves and keep them forever you know i've not paid for xbox live but they kept my saves all right you know right yeah no i don't know how they figured that (laughs) you know their budget where they just keep endless saves because there's no limit for xbox one and series x which Mm. i don't know how they budget that but no no that's true man we'll get into it that's true. No, no, you make some good points there, Shuck. Uh, before we get into things, just a reminder, guys, that last week we had a developer on, Joe Winter. He was on the show to discuss his solo title, Song of Iron. It was a really fun chat that we had, and we learned a heck of a lot about that thing and some new things about the game. So, hey, you know what? Give it a listen if you haven't uh, haven't already. I think it's coming out in the summer, he said sometimes. So uh, definitely worth checking out. And just before we begin, of course, just to take a look at the chat. Oh, we already have some really cool people here. Uh, Mr. Kima, Pycon Fusion, Spida, Toolman, Infinite. Gaming Addict, hey, buddy. Great to see you. Uh, hey, TXR, uh, hit that like button with the $2 super chat. Hey, you know what? That's a good idea, guys. Uh, hit that like button and uh, share this show out. You know, let everyone know that we're live. Da Blue, Leonidas, Pong, Soul, and so many more. Thank you all for being here. Uh, fellas, you know what? Let's get straight into things now. And we have some new Xbox and Hideo Kojima kind of talks, rumors circ- uh, kind of circulating here. And a few months back, we were even hearing some rumblings about this. And there's been some cryptic teases by Xbox's Phil Spencer. And now journalists and other kind of personalities seem to be getting information regarding this rumored collaboration of sorts, this deal. According to Venture Beats' Jeff Grubb, Kojima is in talks with Microsoft to publish his next game. 
And supposedly this deal isn't even finalized yet, but seems to be moving along. And it seems like there is something here to speak of. Uh, apparently, according to some other shows I've been listening to, it's not just for one game. It seems to be multiple, maybe even a trilogy. I don't know. I'm just going off of what I've heard. But you know what? I would love to know what the panel's thoughts on this are. Uh, Shady Buddy, you know what? I'll start right off with you. Um, you can kick us off here. Uh, do you think we're seeing a new partnership brewing here, pal? I do. I really do. And, you know, a lot of the evidence does come from, weirdly, Phil Spencer's uh, shelf. I know that's an odd place to be like, look, he's got a statue on his shelf. So that means, but the Xbox brass themselves, when Bethesda acquisition was happening, had admitted to the fact that they were putting in clues and little Easter eggs and stuff in the back, so to start paying attention. And the people do. There's no way he put that statue front and center for no reason. It's obviously the Luden statue from Kojima's brand. And we know that he wasn't doing anything with Sony because he was apparently going to be doing stuff with Stadia and Stadia decided they weren't going to be taking gaming as serious as they initially said. So it sounds like he's uh, looking for someone else to work with. And Xbox is more aggressive than they have ever been ever. Currently, they've got a service called Game Pass that they need to feed constantly. Kojima is a gigantic name, whether you like him or you don't. I personally am not a huge fan of his work. But I can't deny that he puts out stuff that gets a lot of people extremely excited, gets a lot of articles written, and he's got a lot of sway. So I think he is looking for for someone to work with. The man likes to make big AAA games. He doesn't want to make something little tiny indie passion project thing. He likes to make big games, make big statements and do big things. There's only so many companies that can bankroll that kind of stuff. And Xbox is perfect for it. Um, his games aren't for everybody. Would I have maybe tried Death Stranding if it was in a Game Pass-like service? Absolutely. But I didn't think it was worth me plopping down my big money out the gate. I can totally see why some people are huge fans of the game. And I can also see why some people have zero interest in the game. His games are very polarizing. But I think there is a deal coming, man. That statue wouldn't be there for no reason at all. Especially after, like I said, the top brass of Xbox has already told us Pay attention to that stuff. It actually does mean things. We're not doing it for fun. It is It is something. And um, it just makes business sense, really. I think uh, with Xbox wanting to grow out into Asia, I think he's a good name for that. There's a lot of people in that part of the world that know, obviously, who Kojima is. And if he's willing to work with Xbox, they might be willing to as well. But that's you know all conjecture. I, I just think there's something cooking, man, where there's smoke, there's fire, and I think that there is a ton of smoke coming up, just a ton of it. You can barely see through it right now. So, yes, I think there's something coming. I think we're going to hear about it sooner than later. And I do think that the deal actually is probably done. I don't think Phil's going to put the statue again front and center where it is for no reason at all. And if he's barely even begin talks with the man and nothing comes through, then it looks weird. And if they're going to keep doing that, that stuff on the, the shelf thing you can't have stuff not not come to be especially when it, it's it's obviously like i said front and center which that statue was if it turns out to be nothing the next time there's something back there and people are talking about it it's just easier to write it off and laugh it off as and no that's just a statue on phil's shelf that's all it is but they made something big out of doing that and i think that there's a reason for it and that it, it's probably done i think the deal's been done they're just waiting for the proper time not just a normal Monday on Twitter to do it. E3 is coming here pretty quick, and that's where you make gigantic announcements like Kojima is over here now making anywhere from one to three games, and they will be in Game Pass. That'll rock the internet. That'll rock the industry. I think it's big, big, and it, it is for sure, for me, anyways. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, totally, yeah. buddy. Uh, Can I uh, go ahead, Centurion? I'm sorry. I did, well, um, I've been kind of trying to keep up with the whole situation going on over in that part of the world and Microsoft. Um, ever since kind of like Tim Dog put me, I don't know, in the. I remember when I did the video, uh, put me in the direction of when I asked him about, you know, could Kojima could possibly do it? And he said it's not out of the realm. And then Tim Dog even said, sounds like PlayStation's actually not doing too well over in Asia. And that's where I checked into it. And when you really find out that uh, PlayStation has uh, kind of stepped in it over there, they have made a major pullout. As you saw, they kind of pulled a lot of the corporate stuff and put it over here in North America during the rollout of the PS5. Uh, the the Japanese the Japan marketing team actually sat on their thumbs during the rollout of the PS5. They let it was all handled by the North American uh, marketing team. Uh, when the article that I had was done for Bloomberg, uh, it was written by an individual who uh, works for the uh, New York Times uh, over there in uh, Asia, and he was talking about how um, a lot of game developers have noticed that. PlayStation has got like their eyes focused on the North American market just because of how much money, like look at how gaming has exploded over here. And when I say North America, I'm not just talking US, I'm talking Canada, you know, the United States, pretty much actually almost down into Latin America too, because there's actually, you know, we see how big Gears of War got over in uh, Mexico, I believe. Um, oh, it's huge. You play Gears yeah. of War online, you hear, you hear yeah. a lot of the language. So that's where um, everybody right now is focused on this like region of the world. And the developers over there have taken notice. Now, let's look at Hideo Kojima. He's a very proud man. He's an artist. He loves what he does. He doesn't want his art to die. He doesn't want his dreams of creating his game studio to die. And if PlayStation obviously put him to the wayside already and he tried to move on to Google because he didn't want to just go running to Microsoft out of respect. Now, out of this point, it's like, well, would you like to hold to your, you know, hold to your pride and be like, well, you know, I, I'm loyal to PlayStation, but they got me sitting over here right now waiting because they're focused on other things. He's not going to be like that. He is definitely going to go where his, uh, his dreams, his art can thrive. And Microsoft is a great platform for that. And with, um, the idea of Game Pass to sweeten the deal because, like my, Phil Spencer says, Game Pass is not a one-size-fits-all. It just depends on your situation. And you never know. Uh, Kojima might have a situation that fits Game Pass where it's not going to be his, like, you know, top-shelf creation that's going to end up uh, over here on Microsoft. But it's definitely going to be a stepping stone for him and his company that I think is going to uh, help build a great partnership uh, for Microsoft and other um, companies over there that are that are going to pretty much uh, want to keep their doors open as well. I agree. I like his games. They're not your standard AAA affair. It's not like Call of Duty every year where you know exactly what you're going to get. He tries different things. He pushes different ideas. Some of them land. Some of them don't. I think something like Death Stranding would have thrived a lot better in Game Pass, and he would have been financially set essentially right out the gate because of whatever deal he would have struck to have the game in there so not only would have more people been able to try out the game to see if it even is in their interest because the barrier of entry isn't 60 70 dollars just to try it and um just more people get to expose they get exposed to his art and his games which is of course what he wants 
And then his, his pocketbook is taken care of because of his Game Pass deal. I think that the service and his types of games are perfect for each other because they're not the guaranteed huge 10 million going to sell. His name alone doesn't sell 10 million units anymore. I don't know if it ever did, but it's not like Spider-Man. It's not like a Halo. He does different stuff, and something like Game Pass allows the audience to check out the different things that he's pushing, the craziness that he that he writes and does without really hitting our wallets so much. And he gets his his pocketbook um, taken care of by Microsoft. I think the two services, or the service and his type of game, are perfect for each other. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I'm curious, uh, Fork Boy, what are your thoughts on this? Because uh, Kojima, for again, we talk about Death Stranding. Apparently, Sony weren't too happy with Death Stranding sales. Obviously, went on to the PC, but they don't really... Uh, talk about the sales numbers, and they, and they do really like to, you know, you know, most companies like to point out some kind of numbers of some sort, and, you know, Death Stranding, I mean, it's an interesting concept, don't get me wrong, it's just, um, I don't know, kind of, like, in some areas, it kind of fell flat from what I'm to understand, but uh, what are your thoughts on all this? Uh, I watched somebody stream it from the very get-go, and from the very get-go, it seemed kind of cool, and then I lost interest at about 30 minutes in. Um, to me, you don't tote numbers or brag about numbers when the numbers aren't what you want. So the PlayStation not saying, hey, this is mm-hmm. how much we sold obviously means it didn't hit what they wanted. But um, I mean, it all comes down to it. Kojima's either either like what he does or doesn't, but he doesn't do what a lot of people like or don't like. He does what he wants and it sells or it doesn't. Now, mm-hmm. as far as uh, Death Stranding, what I played if it was in Game Pass, I don't know. Um, I watched some of it. It didn't seem like seem like someone that I would want to play, so it'd probably be something I'd pass on. But it'd be a game that, to me, a lot of people would take a bigger chance on if it wasn't $65 that they'd be shelling out. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as them signing him, it makes sense. Uh, Phil Spencer said before the Xbox Series X came out that they wanted a bigger foothold in Japan. They wanted more uh, JRPGs. They wanted to sell more there, so they were going to be attacking hard. Um, so the fact that you know there's possibly one or more games that he's going to be doing, it doesn't shock me whatsoever. It, I honestly... I honestly think it's going to be more news coming out that they're going to be signing more and more stuff going on. I mean, um, there's another topic we're going to talk about later, Outriders and Game Pass. I mean, that's a Square Enix game. Uh, They published it. Yeah, it's People Can Fly, but that's a Square Enix. That's a Japan company. Uh, There's multiple Mm -hmm. things that they're they're going hard after. And a lot of people try to say Game Pass isn't worth it. But look, they're making enough money to be able to front these games and be able to put the games in there. So uh, to me... It only makes sense if they're making that much money that they can say, hey, we're going to put this in Game Pass. And obviously they're going to have to pay the company enough money to say, yes, go ahead and give your three million people that sub do it or 10 million people the game for free. I mean, yeah, so I'm excited. Uh, I'm not a huge Kojima fan, but I'm excited for people that actually like playing his stuff because to me, it's a win for them. And if it's a win for somebody and you get to play what you enjoy, that's what matters. So if it makes you happy, that's awesome. So. Mm But I don't know. I <sighs> Xbox getting more and more games to me, it's just because they're more aggressive and they're not looking at PlayStation. And a lot of people are probably going to be like, Fork, you don't know what you're talking about. But it all comes down to Xbox is looking at Google, Tencent, and Amazon. That's yeah. the people in the arena. And if they don't grab some of these companies, then somebody else will. And people try to say PlayStation's a big dog. PlayStation is not a big dog. They are in the pool, but they're like your little brother that's over there that you're not worried about getting the 16-year-old girl because you're 17. You're like, nope, I'm going to take her home while your 12-year-old little brother tries to bug you. 
Like in, in this in this big uh, everyone's buying everybody like that's yeah it's kind of going on i think yeah. sony like whatever companies they buy if they get one it tells me that the other companies weren't interested because they can be outbid so easily by the companies like tencent and the amazons and yeah the Google, it's and the microsoft's and people hate hearing that but it's like look y you have trillion dollar companies in a in a swimming pool with a billion dollar company if Tencent really wanted to, they could go over and buy PlayStation. It's not a matter of if they have the money. It's a matter of just putting the money down. And yep. people don't want to hear that, but it's like, look, it all comes down to a publicly traded company. You put enough money down, it's getting sold. It is not a matter of, oh, Nintendo can't be bought. PlayStation can't. No, everything can be bought for the right price. Even Microsoft can be bought for the right price. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Uh, Dirt Griggity with a $5 super chat here, fellas. Uh, thank you very much, Dirt. Uh, great to see you, pal. I hated Kojima's last two games, but if this is true, I'm going to be hypocritical and praise the move strictly because I'm Team Xbox. He is a legend, to be honest. And you know what, guys? <laughs> no, 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 no. To be honest, I think that's true because, like, personally, like, I, I'm kind of similar to Dirt because I'm like, well, I mean, I, I don't have a lot of interest in stuff. Actually, I am kind of curious about Death Stranding, to be honest. But that's something that I would just love to dip my toes into and try, like, you know, again, like something on Game Pass, right? Like, it's not, you know, just something I'm curious about. But I, uh -huh. there's, but there's a lot of people that, you know, I know who would, like, just, you know, love it if they could get, like, a Kojima type of game, a style, uh, styled game onto the platform. So, so um, yeah. Invader, are, are you familiar with who Quentin Tarantino is? Oh yeah, he he did those movies, right? Those, uh, he, those, made those small, yeah. he made those commercials. Yeah. The... <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, if you keep up with entertainment, you know, there's Steven Spielberg, there's George Lucas, there's J.J. Abrams, there's great directors, and Qu Quentin Tarantino is a great director in his own respects. But some of his earlier works, *Dusk Until Dawn*, *Pulp Fiction*, stuff like that, definitely were choice uh, were choice movies. Um, and so that's the best way I have been able to ever describe Hideo Kojima is, um, his con, you know, he's all over the place trying, you know, trying one thing or another. Um, and sometimes it's really great. Other times it's like, okay, that was a little off the wall, but, um, that's just Kojima, just like that's Quentin Tarantino. Mm -hmm. Agreed. I think Dirk Griggity nailed it too. There's nothing wrong with that. Like I, I still, I'm not a fan of Kojima's games. I don't necessarily like what he makes or him in particular, but I can respect that he has a gigantic following and a move like bringing him to Xbox and making an exclusive game for that platform would be huge for a lot of people. And that's just me acknowledging that it would be huge. It doesn't make me a huge Kojima fan. I'm not going to suddenly say his games are the greatest and he's a god of gaming. Not to me anyways, but that's a big power play move. And I would say just to pretend that it isn't is, is straight ignorance, whether I'm an Xbox fan or not. I think that's just big. I'm still not a fan of his, but that is a big move. So I think Dirt is, is totally fine having that opinion. Mm -hmm. It's a big move. Yeah, and no, exciting. As an yeah, Xbox it's, owner, it's... I'm excited. If he comes over, I'm excited. It brings more eyes to the platform that I enjoy. They'll potentially make more money in the long run. I get more and bigger and better games. Like, that's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. it's a win for everybody because yeah. guess what? It, this is I don't know the numbers whatsoever, but let's say there's a hundred thousand hardcore Kojima fans, which I'm sure there's way more than that. Guess what? If a game releases on Game Pass, guess where those hundred thousand people are going to be playing? Yeah, and that's potentially a hundred thousand less, you know, people online that are talking crap about the brand you currently enjoy or I currently enjoy because the game isn't on it. Like I don't want Xbox guys talking shit to PlayStation because they don't have. Kojima games that that I hate that mentality if I have it and you don't na 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 boo boo it's so 
immature, so immature. I wish every game was on everything. It would be the ideal utopia for gamers. You could play it on anything you wanted, no matter what the game. It would be great because everyone could enjoy it and we could all share experiences without the I have it and you don't. But it's, just, it's a big move, and I think it's a, it's a good thing if it happens for, for everybody, for Kojima, for Xbox, for the industry. It gets people shifted over to trying something new, and there could generally just be less toxicity online towards the Xbox brand, which is nice. It's happening now. You know, I think it's going to continue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be worth the, the risk to do, um, just because even if it turns out and it's like, you know, it doesn't, like with Death Stranding, it didn't do great, like, critically, per se. Um, but it it's just it's going to get them, especially even in Japan, if it moves the needle at all. You have, um, you know, uh, Shinji Mikami, and now you would have now they wouldn't have him under like first party probably, but um, you would also have Hideo Kojima. Um, that's just going to get them more in a light, you know, for Japanese. Maybe some other Japanese devs are you know looking at them. Okay, cool. These two have kind of co-signed them in a sense because they've, hey, you know, you, we're going to make your game. Um, you know, so now it's going to get more eyes looking at him. Maybe Hideki uh, Kamiya comes back. Maybe they do skill bound, you know, in a in the future. But uh, I think that's definitely going to be big for them. So it's definitely worth the risk, worth the shot to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, well, you know, you sorry, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead, Tim. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you know, we're all acting like it's definitely done deal, but I hate to say it. It, <laughs> it feels like it, it feels like a done deal. Um, the 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 thing mm-hmm. was definitely put on the shelf. Uh, that's a little thing that they got going right now. Um, uh, as everyone said, everyone really nailed down a lot of my points. I talked about it last week. Uh, you know, um, I agree with everything you said. Uh, you don't have to be. A, I'm not the biggest fan. But you can recognize his star power, his star worth. Uh, this is something that I think that uh, Phil has been trying to get to do in Japan or trying to get some type of something going there, and this might be it. And this looks like that that's going to be the thing. But it's a huge move uh, if, if it gets done. And the legit, like, the overall uh, optics of it is very good for Xbox. It's good for Xbox. In Japan, I don't know what Sony's thinking of, uh, you know, I think maybe they wanted to become more unified. But in a way, uh, you know, uh, I think that they should have just dug in in, in on Japan and really, uh, uh, you know, kind of just, you know, just stick there. I don't, I, don't, I don't get why they're leaving. And I think that this opens up some doors and uh, just great commentary on it uh, from the panel. Um, but yeah, it's just funny. Like, like we're just like I'm listening. And I'm like, yeah, everyone's like in total agreement. It's definitely happening. Um, <laughs> which, which I do think is, it is true. But just think about it. Like, think about that E3 moment if it does get announced. How big and how much uh, you know uh, waves will it send through the whole entire gaming community? Absolutely, Tim. I, I, no one brought it up, but what if this isn't just a deal? What if they're buying Kojima games as well? Xbox is down with acquiring a lot, and what if they're yeah. like, no, Kojima, let's just uh, buy it all, baby. You can make games over here for as long as you want to stay in business, man, and that's the deal. There's like It would be big if he just has some exclusive games on the platform, but if, if he's suddenly a part of, of Xbox Game Studios, actually owned and, and uh, in there, my God, I don't 
think some of the fanboys are going to be able to handle it. I'm not sure what the articles will write. Like, it, 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 that will be one of the biggest things that has happened in easily a decade in gaming is if Kojima and his studio get actually purchased, not just kind of shop around and he makes a game for Xbox now and maybe for Stadia next time and maybe he's back to PlayStation again. If they lock the man down in perpetuity, my God, I, it could be absolutely massive. Massive. Hey, it's Shady. One question. How long do you think it's going to be before we get to turn on our uh, televisions and we see Phil Spencer speaking and there's like a, a video game awards award somewhere on the shelf in the background, meaning that somehow Jeff Keighley has now been brought into the fold <laughs> because he's gotten buddy-buddy with Kojima? It's just, we got Jeff on board now. All the propaganda every year at the Game Awards will be for us. That's the way it works. Uh, that'd be that'd be something, man. That'd be a power play for sure. I'd like to see someone <laughs> like Jeff Keighley not have an allegiance at the end of the day. Like, oh, we can all be fans of of brands and, and you know, companies and what have you. But when you're running a Game Awards show and kind of just supposed to be promoting the industry, I'd rather that person wasn't so front-facing a fan of one thing over another just it's hard to be neutral i don't believe in true neutrality of course but mm. it's not a good look when you've got someone that puts on a show like that that is is as skewed and it's not because he's just skewed towards the brand that i i don't currently prefer if it was obviously xbox i mean it's not a good look when your award show is is obviously run by someone who's a big fan of one company and not the other so i don't know man that that would be a big move but it's one that i wouldn't personally like to see let Jeff be as neutral as he possibly can be, hopefully, anyways. But yeah, that'd be funny. I would snicker for sure. Well, the thing about Kojima is that, you know, not only does he get a lot of eyes on, but again, this is this would, would be, again, nothing is confirmed here, as Tim was alluding to, because, you know, it does seem like there's a lot of evidence to point towards there is something there, but we, we still don't know. But the thing about this is, if again, if Kojima were to have this uh, big deal with Xbox Game Studios, it attracts not only a whole lot of eyes, but a lot of developer attention, specifically Japanese and maybe even Korean game studio um, you know, eyes and developers towards the Xbox platform. And of course, Xbox is making this huge push with uh, X, uh, Xbox Game Pass and xCloud, in um in those regions especially right mm -hmm. now so i mean i i could see them leveraging something like this or this developer like uh as a cornerstone for their push into these markets so you know at one point you know something like this would i would have said you know maybe a couple of years ago no you know something like that can't happen I don't know. The past couple of years, man, it's, you know, everything they've done has kind of changed my mind on that. So I wouldn't be, I would not be surprised with them making such an aggressive move. So it is when when they bought uh, Zenimax and Bethesda, man. Suddenly anything goes. It was it was anything you put on the table that could happen could actually happen. It seemed to just completely disintegrate that. No way. That's a pie in the sky dream. There's no way they would ever drop that kind of money. There's no way they would ever acquire that. There's no way they would ever make a deal of that magnitude. And then the Zenimax deal happened and everyone was kind of like, damn. So what's next? And they, you know, they told us they were not done. It's still, we're still on the hunt. So I think a lot of people, it doesn't matter what the, the, the rumor is, it's all of a sudden got a little bit of credibility just because of Microsoft's very recent past, um, actions mm -hmm. well you know what that's interesting you bring that up so shady um you know we, we'll move into our our next topic my friends um but we're also going to segue because of what you said because there is um 
another kind of juicy, spicy topic that has been making the rounds for the past few days. And again, we talk about all these big acquisitions. And again, when we were talking about billions of dollars, Microsoft buying ZeniMax, you know, nobody would have thought that they'd actually have the uh, the cojones for that. But obviously, they have the uh, the deep wallet. Um, now, according to a report from finance outlet CTFN, but of course they were signal boosted via Bloomberg, uh, there are reports of Square Enix um, that they've received multiple acquisition interests. Now, naturally, Square Enix have put put out a statement saying that they haven't received any offers. But I mean, you know, it wouldn't be the first time we've seen a developer or a publisher do a complete 180 you know, from these kinds of uh, topics, you know, they kind of want to get away from them. I think even, you know, there's been studios that have done that before. Um, Forkboy, I'll lead off with you on this one. Um, granted, we're definitely not business analysts by any means, but could you see a, a publisher um, with lots of valuable IP like Square Enix looking for a buyout? And if so, like what uh, parties, like what companies do you think would, uh, would do the bidding? Well, I mean, like I said earlier, it doesn't matter if you're looking for a buyout or not. If someone comes to your door with a sack full of cash, you know, you start talking. Exactly. Because when it comes down to it, if I go to Shady's house with $10 billion, he, you know, he can say, come no, I come, for I come back with $12 billion. He says, no, I come back with $15 billion. He's like, yep, we're talking. Everyone has a number. You just got to find it. And like I said earlier, uh, there's too many big, big players in the market with Tencent and Amazon. And yeah, Google Stadia failed, but I mean, Google's a, a you know trillion dollar company. They're trying to get in the market, so someone's going to buy it. And with rumors, I mean, we're, we've all been around long enough. If there's a rumor where there's smoke, there's fire. Yeah, they're denying it. They're denying it. Yeah, whatever. I guarantee within the next year, someone buys Square Enix. It's almost I mean, within their like their best interests, if not legally, they need to come out and kind of deny this kind of stuff. When these huge well, companies are are being talking about selling each other for you know ten billion dollars, yeah, almost have to because I think I'm pretty sure, unless I'm wrong, Square Enix is a publicly traded company. So just rumor that this could happen sends their stock up and down. It makes it very chaotic. And if you've got all of your investors hearing about a potential acquisition from a company the size of Microsoft, generally the stock goes up. And then if it comes out that, no, nope, they're not buying us, it's not happening, it kind of gives off an image that you weren't worth the purchase. So you might have your investors suddenly going like, hey, is everything okay? How come we weren't purchased? Why didn't they buy us? What are we doing wrong? And it, it's not a very good look at all. So every, all this kind of stuff you want to have quiet. And if you really look at the words that Square Enix said was, nothing was reported by Square Enix. No, nothing was. So correct. We do not consider selling off the company or as part of its businesses. Hey, I'm not considering selling my soul, but come, like you say, you show up at my door with uh, $10 billion. Let's talk. Considering is just leaving the door open. We don't consider it now. Maybe uh, in an hour. Who knows? And they haven't received any offers from a third-party company. They probably haven't. There is no offer. You don't just walk in day one, second one, and say, hey, man, we want to grab you for $8 billion. You just start poking around, asking questions, yeah. making a couple, you know, bridges. You build a few and you just start to see, hey, if we were to start looking, what do you think? What are you worth? Well, like, I mean, you it, don't start with that. It also comes down to, I mean, what company said, no, we're not selling? Square Enix. What other company was involved in it that didn't say anything? Microsoft. Yep. They didn't come out and say, no, we're not doing it. But um, 
a lot of times with these deals, they don't want stuff publicly brought out or anything. I mean, we didn't know about the Zenimax thing. Yeah, there were some rumors kind of like, hey, look, they're buying a big company. But, I mean, when it dropped, everybody was like, what in the hell? So, I mean, Ubisoft, Square Enix, all these companies, someone's going to buy these companies out. And people are like, no, it can't happen. It's going to happen. Whether it's Tencent, whether it's Amazon, whether it's Google, people are going to buy it. I mean, I've said it on Gaming Beyond the Box. I will not be shocked if Google or Amazon or Tencent buys out PlayStation completely. Amazon, for one, because guess what? They already have a foundation. They already have people that play. Guess what? We bought it. Now we have our own system. Now we can start doing whatever we want. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, let me just put this out there, guys. How much is Square Enix worth, would you say? Because I've, I've looked up some different articles. I've, I've, I've seen different numbers float around. Would you say they're in the ballpark of, like, a Zenimax? Like, $7.5, $8 billion? I, I could I think see that. Maybe no. just under that? I think No, I, I looked it up that, a week ago, so I can go last. Yeah. I was going to say, like, on paper, they're cheaper, but because they're a publicly traded company and the process in acquiring one of those is you generally have to give the investors more bang for their buck to get out. So it's more expensive to buy one. So they'd have to pay way more than it's currently worth to do so. And that's why I only say it's worth about as much, if not even a little bit more than Zenimax. Like, for that kind of money, I think Zenimax is a bigger purchase. You get more for it, but um, the, oh, I think that's why yeah. its value is so much more is because unlike Zenimax, which was not publicly traded, Square Enix is. So I think that's what drives the cost up to purchase it. I think it's definitely way, or at least for Microsoft, I think it's way more worth it than just Zenimax. Because if you think about what this would do, if they take this away from Sony, you basically have the JRPG and the, and the Western RPG wrapped up. You basically would have be, that whole say. genre almost, except for like Atlas. Mm. That's, that's about it. And maybe Nandai, Bamco, or uh, uh, Bandco. That's cool. about all that's left over. And that'd be a huge piece of like their whole story, their whole story and their whole success, you know, basically is on that Final Fantasy VII. That's what kind of separated that and the Sega Saturn. They were both pretty close. It really was. Yep. When that game dropped, dropped, it just wiped it out. It was a whole nother ball game. It was, so it was you like take Final away Fantasy their story. And Metal Gear think about that. Two. Part two Final Fantasy VII remake doesn't ever come to the PlayStation. Could you fucking imagine? Like, <laughs> I like. Oh, now those <laughs> deals are probably already signed, just kind of like the Deathloop deal. But mm. like, just stuff like that. Just no more. You know, no more uh, Dragon Quest. No more. That'd be a huge blow. So that would be. That's why it'd be more worth in their in that sense because like they're set like. <laughs> You don't even have any RPGs that's going to compare at all. What is when, you, when you've already taken the Elder Scrolls and the Fallouts away just now, and now all of a sudden you start reaching in, grabbing the, like, you know, the Dragon Quest and the Final Fantasies. Right now. Oh, yeah. Yes. When you grab Final Make Fantasy it. and uh, yank that away. And Enix, that would be yeah. huge. That would be huge. I, I mean, heard yeah. uh, Randall Thor earlier this week say that he would almost rather they acquired the American side of things, you know, like the, the um, Crystal Dynamics, so you'd get Tomb Raider, mm -hmm. you'd get... Uh, what do you call it? Their um, their Montreal studio, which makes Deus Ex, and mm -hmm. you likely get that IP and stuff. I think that would work as well. I, if I'm correct, I've never heard Square Enix talk fondly of its American side. Every Tomb Raider game is a disappointment to them. It never meets their their hopes and desires for sales. They always come on and be like, "Yeah, I didn't meet our expectations." No matter how well the Tomb Raider sold, it sold 10 million. Yeah, we we thought it was gonna do 20. So, meh, boo. And same with Deus Ex. They just they don't meet the expectations that the company wants, whether they sell a lot or not. And I've always been of the opinion that they're using the, a lot of the profits from the American side to 
to uh, you know prop up the the Final Fantasies and stuff like that. So maybe they're interested in just peeling off the American side of things, and that it kind of fits more with Xbox, anyways. Other than, of course, ganking a bunch of extremely high profile, if not the highest profile, um, Japanese RPG with like Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. It'd be huge. Either way, it'd be huge. Well, you look at, for example, you talked about the Western side of things um, with IDOS, right? Uh, with the Montreal studio. Tomb Raider, Montreal, uh, sorry, uh, Microsoft has been very close with the Tomb Raider IP for the last uh, generation or so. Obviously, they funded, helped to fund Rise of the Tomb Raider. Um, yep. You know, they have, uh, look at Dragon Quest back in December. They got Dragon Quest onto uh, Game Pass. That was big. That was big for them. Um, you know, there's different things in the works here. Uh, Sony has also been very friendly with Screen X. Obviously, you talked about the Final Fantasy VII remake exclusivity deal. And then along with that newer game, uh, Forspoken, I think it's called that new IP. So they're kind of all over the place. Um, I don't know. I mean, you think about the... Square Enix is making deals for mm-hmm. a lot of exclusivity stuff. We got uh, Avengers in PlayStation Now right now. So there's obviously some kind of a deal for somebody paying them money for that. We just got Outriders and Game Pass. Obviously, some kind of a money deal went down for that. Mm -hmm. Final Fantasy is exclusive to PlayStation currently. Some kind of big money deal went down for that. Uh, They've sold Spider-Man exclusive in Avengers. There's another big money deal. Like They are totally open with working with the different companies and getting exclusive deals for cash. And if you look at the way ZeniMax and Bethesda was operating towards its end, it was suddenly having shopping around exclusive deals and like we even have it with Deathloop and their other one right as the deal was coming to an end they're still hey there's exclusive stuff so it's like we're looking at Square Enix totally willing to close off one um customer base because another company is lining their pockets with instant cash right now so maybe they are like they're way more open to an acquisition than people think because they seem to be kind of acting like they want money now they're not acting like uh, Zinimax like they are. Like Zenimax sales. was taking those deals. Like, hey, right. okay, maybe you didn't do so hot, you know, uh, Arcane, you know, kind of like Crystal Dynamics. So maybe you got to make your next game exclusive. That it Final does. Fantasy 15 game didn't hit quite the way we wanted it. PlayStation want to pay for a year? Okay, they're kind of doing that same thing where they're having they to shop time exclusive. Activision, EA, those aren't have those big publishers aren't having to do that they're not going to get bought out anytime soon and like on one hand he wants to take you know get money but on the other it sort of sends out this signal that they are uncomfortable relying on their sales alone that's not enough to get by anymore they need to start making big money deals where they get the cash now regardless of who's playing it at all no one could buy a, a timed exclusive game but they still get their cash and it's and looking they just like saw what game they, pass they did that. That's right, outright. they did. For a lukewarm game that people were not, after that demo, people were just like, yeah, it kind of looks like, uh, you know, half gears. Like, people were, like, kind of lukewarm after they played that demo. You would heard it on all the podcasts leading up before that announcement. Yeah, and then when that hit, like it kept it in Twitter, you know, kept it in, like, the Twitter sphere of just public talk of, like, between gamers, whether, you know, good, bad. It just kept it going, kept it trending. And you saw right. what it did. You saw those numbers. Even on Xbox, that, even though uh, it's on Game Pass. Don't think Square Enix wasn't just very much reminded what the risks of gigantic AAA game development is in today's world. They took it on the chin with Avengers, man. 
I've heard that they've lost, you know, upwards of almost a hundred million dollars. That's insane. That is a lot of money, and yeah. not every company can a just eat a hundred million dollar loss. Oh, that's fine. We'll uh, make that back. That's a hundred million dollars, man. So they just felt what it's like to to risk two hundred million dollars and not make it back, and it's. It's brutal. I can only imagine it's brutal, regardless if you're a billion-dollar company or not. That's serious cash, and you can only get so many of those before you're just out of business anymore, and your value is down. You can't put out too many games like that. So they were very recently reminded that it is hugely risky, and it doesn't always work out. And then all of a sudden, right afterwards, when they put a game in Game Pass, that game is topping sales numbers. Its concurrent players on Steam are destroying Avengers by like five times. It's insane. It's it's a massive clash of, of, of two different things, <laughs> and they're very similar games on as kind of a looter games as a service. Play it for a long time game. Yeah, one of them completely hit the ground. The biggest IP, almost arguably in the world, with the Avengers, mm-hmm. failed miserably it's, financially. Yeah, well, the one with the giant never heard of you would have thought, the edges, right? Yeah, you could have thought it can't fail with the with that giant license with Disney Plus dropping, you know, their Avengers spinoff sequels. No, it shouldn't. Have, <laughs> that but this but unknown up, game, Outriders, is crushing that. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> exactly. It's crazy. There, so there the same company was given two very extreme examples. One, you just took it on the chin mm-hmm. and lost upwards of hundred million. The other, with a brand new, never before heard of, kind of rough around the edges IP, ends up topping sales charts. So it's kind of like, holy yeah. shit, this Game Pass thing is legit. Like they just got the example they needed. Huge. So if Xbox is there courting them to come on over and take away that initial risk of losing 100 mil on a something like an Avengers and you get more people playing and buying games, I think their ears just perked up myself. So, I mean, back to uh, Invader's original question. Uh, as of April 11th, Square Enix is only worth $2 billion. Hmm. $2 so billion. you go buy them out, you're only going to pay 3 to $4 billion, which is half, almost half of what they paid for. Uh, um, I mean, uh, you'd probably have to pay more, more than I that. think you'd have to pay almost nah. three times that. You'd probably pay yeah. like if, they, if Microsoft comes in well, for yeah, three, that's the thing, Sony's going to say, hey, we'll match that. They're going to have to go much higher than that. Yeah, but to where $2 billion, $2 billion dollars that, that's is, huge to them. You go three times, okay, it's, that's still less than the Zenimax deal. That's true. And, and mind oh, you, yeah. This is April 11th after the leak came out, which has caused their stock to soar. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, correct. Well, I have a little bit of a different take than the panel. Um, I felt that the original report uh, that was, uh, as uh, Invader said, signal boosted by Bloomberg was kind of... I don't understand why, why Bloomberg of Japan wouldn't have... Um, sourced that and found out themselves other than just kind of taking this article and then pushing it out there because uh, I felt like once you heard it was Bloomberg and you saw the reactions on Twitter, everyone was like, oh, here we go, uh, five bidders and and this and that. Now, listen, I do think there's a lot of talk, which well, you want to call them insiders or people that, that know people or whatever or the, whatever you want to call them. And Square Enix has been the name that's been thrown around all the time. Um, I don't know if that's something that prompted the, that article from that from that outlet. But for me, it seemed, far, it seemed far-fetched that, that that company would want to sell in the first place because the way gaming's going, um, there's a lot more money to be had, in my opinion. 
Uh, the situation with Denimax, uh, it's, it's kind of a weird situation. It's never really been talked about or will get talked about. But put it, put it this way, it wasn't like they were actively selling, at least from what I've heard. kind of was a situation that just happened. Uh, a big publisher outlet deal like that I don't think happens very often. So, like, here we are now, and um, panel members all make excellent points in how it would be Microsoft and this and that. But to, for me, there's two things here. If anybody was to buy it, Sony would have to bet their whole entire bank to try to get them. Because like Shock said, if Xbox got that this publisher, honestly... With the, with the, what you've seen with Bethesda deal and how how much of an impact that would have, that would be a temporary. Uh, it could possibly be a, a like a a real hard punch to Sony. So, if this was the case that they're actively selling, Sony has to be super aggressive and have to be super in there. And to me, that's why I don't know if this that that that, that it's really true, even though they did, did say potential buyers. It just seems too crazy that that they would be selling off like that, in my opinion. And um, I think that it would have been, at this point, corroborated uh, instead of just going away. So I'm of the impression that this, this is a lot of, uh, you know, uh, it got to a point, but I, I'm, I don't know how much validity is there behind it. My final point is, is that if indeed that it did happen, that you did sell, that the whole venue of the market would sell off, in my opinion. I think Tencent would become super aggressive, as well as Sony, and basically mm-hmm. everything would split up, as well as Microsoft, and they would buy up everything. But um, this is, honestly, this is where we're at right now, and everything's a possibility, but it's just crazy times um, to just think that, that Square Enix, like when that report came out, uh, I don't know if you guys are reading Twitter. It was pretty crazy, and people were just like losing their minds. So, I don't, you know, like I said, I just I'm I'm on the side that it was I'm a uh, air of caution. Uh, mm. I'm going to go that way and say that uh, uh, it, it's more more or less not going to happen than than happen. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You Tim. know, what makes yeah. me think though is that the. Uh... The way it happened, the way it was kind of just seemed like out of nowhere, like aggressive. It makes me think that maybe Microsoft was just into, you know, having a meeting just like where they, you know, maybe had a meeting with Nintendo or, and were laughed at. But maybe they were having a meeting and maybe were making some moves of like, hey, just getting stuff ready just in case. And that's where maybe Tencent and Sony, you know, they're public traded company. It's not private. They're not going to keep it a secret like the Bethesda deal. Maybe they got wind of that, and they're like, okay, no, we're going to be calling them up, too. And that's where you kind of got, hey, multiple suitors are, you know, kind of circling the square. And then you later got reported yeah, of, of Microsoft's when someone kind of dug a little bit more. But you didn't hear the other names, but you did get the Microsoft name. So that's what my tinfoil, you know, if I just, you know, just having fun here with it, you know, my tinfoil has thinking like, that's gotta be. That's probably what it was. How you just at it randomly, you know. Obviously, it was the next day for them when we heard it. It was middle night for us here. Um, but the way it just it seemed like kind of like aggressive, like that, like oh crap, you know, <laughs> get your shit. Hey, you know, well, Microsoft's maybe making yeah, some talks. 
you know, we need to get up. We need to go over there. I mean, that those six hours or those eight hours of uh, the, um, you know, until the till they came out and publicly addressed it, that was pretty crazy. Like, yeah, you saw all these people coming out, but for me, like I said, the only thing that I could felt felt is like if I'm Sony and I realize Microsoft might get Square Enix. That's gonna make me, me go crazy, and I gotta you know, be calling to see if I can write a lien on, uh, uh, you know, I can lease out the house and do whatever it takes to get them on your side because, yeah, that would be some. That'd be really uh, at the point where um, it'd be kind of unquestionable that you know who 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 the the true market leader is. Sony would just counter by buying the uh, Call of Duty um, eSports League like they did with uh, Evo. You know, mm. <laughs> hey, we own that eSports League now. Counter? No. no. I know <laughs> Xbox, we were just sort of saying, talking about it, but Xbox is obviously on the hunt for some stuff. But do you think they're willing to make a purchase as big as something like Square Enix if they found, just if they found out that another big company like Amazon was going to, just to make sure that those games yeah. were taken away from oh, yeah. Xbox. It's not as if they would do it on their own. Like, we're going to go and buy them and get them all for Xbox. But if they heard that Think someone else was going to take them money. from Xbox, they would do it on the defensive reason. And that's it. And like, kind of like Look Sony just ends up being money. a casualty of war, but they're not the actual, you know, target, if you will. They have a huge surplus of cash on hand that's just sitting there losing value every day, especially right. the way our market's going to yeah. go with an inflation. You yeah. saw Elon, uh, Elon Musk put, uh, what, a billion or wh- how, however much it was into Bitcoin, we're appreciating asset right now or currency, mm-hmm. um, and you might as well invest that money and get it back. If they, That's a better investment than just letting that money seven billion dollars or whatever the lose value be, exactly right it is literally ca- it's literal cash sitting there losing money like you say because of inflation and stuff and they got to spend it so they're going to spend it in smart ways that'll turn around and potentially make them more money or they could lose some here and there but it is losing money just sitting there not being spent that is correct Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you look at, you know, again, like who are, who would uh, be open to we got Microsoft, maybe Sony, Tencent, Embracer Group. They've actually been uh, been trying to get some more war chest money to uh, acquire more. They've been very, very open about that. They've been buying up studios and IP like crazy. I mean, there's a there's a content war going on right now. There's a push for, again, these subscription services and all these IPs and studios and to again just have this massive library just you know to be able to be more competitive now and it's interesting to see microsoft and xbox be so aggressive about it because i mean they're the ones that have been leading this charge ever since a couple of years ago so i don't know i th- i think that ever since the the Zenimax deal got pushed. I think that lit a fire under a lot of different uh, publishers. And I'm, again, I'm curious to see what Sony's moves will be if they'll be uh, going after anybody soon. But time will tell on that one, fellas. Again, um, I'm with Tim here. I err on the side of caution just because of how these talks and these articles came about because it was kind of signal boosted by Bloomberg, you know, this article and so forth. So, you know, just it, it's there, but, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll just, you know, kind of keep it in the uh, the back burner for now. But, you know, guys, we will move on to uh, some other bit bits of things to talk about and move on to another game that uh, came out recently. Uh, let's see what we got here. Um, so the game is, let's see. 
Uh, what we got? Uh, now, shoot, where did I put that stupid sheet? Ah, uh, yes. Um, MLB The Show, guys. I mean, that just finally, finally dropped on Xbox consoles. And I know that a lot of Xbox owners are excited and have already booted it up. Uh, for example, I know a few people on the panel, or at least I, I know I think one or two people on the panel have played it. Tim Dog, I know you've yeah. been diving into it ever since it came out. <laughs> I you I've seen you uh, yeah, post, yeah. I've seen you post like all kinds of stuff on Twitter about. It. I know you you're a baseball guy. Um, what what are your thoughts on the game so far? How are you enjoying it on the Xbox? Well, first I just like to preface that it's coming out on Game Pass on four twenty. Uh, I was, it was, came out, the Jackie Robinson edition was available Friday, uh, even though I have the game purchased, I actually just didn't care, I have, I have to get this game, so I got it Friday night, it took me about three hours to download, uh, I played, uh, let me say this much, the game is excellent, the, the presentation is gorgeous, the simulation aspect is very real. And that's what I like about it. So, like, right now, from what I played, I've done Home Run, home run Derby. Um, but I've also, uh, figuring out, uh, and I recommend anybody who's playing the game and not likes baseball, to figure out how you want to play the game. There's multiple options of gameplay mechanics, how to hit, how to throw, uh, how to pitch, that uh, you have to choose. And they're all really good in their own way, but there's going to be something that you feel most comfortable with. Currently, I went with the analog uh, pitching. Uh, no, I think I did the button push pitching and analog hitting. Um, and, uh, yeah, the game is uh, for a big baseball guy, and I'm a huge baseball fan, a huge Mets fan, love baseball, big sports guy, been watching – Baseball, listening to radio uh, for the for the Mets since 1984. Um, the game is 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 uh, fantastic. It's just in depth, and you know I recommend people that if you're not like a big baseball guy or you like baseball but you know you say it's too long or you say or just in general there is an arcade option that I think that people should try if they don't want to get deep. Uh, because, to be honest, the simulation portion of the baseball game, uh, in my opinion, is very deep, and there's a skill level to it, and if you don't, you know, really put time in it, uh, you're going to get turned off by the game because it's, it's kind of a deep, deep uh, level of that opinion. Or, like I said, try the arcade. I think I, I want to try the arcade myself too. Um, but, yeah, I think Xbox uh, really got a hit hit on their hands here with the third party deal um, because uh, you know, there, there, there are a lot of people that don't play baseball, but the ones that do that are passionate and into it, this is the type of game that could sway you to just get a system and or buy into, buy into the whole thing. So a huge get uh, just really smart move by Phil on this. And, and I do think, 420, you're going to see a lot of, uh, of the same arguments uh, resurface because it's going to be fresh and people are going to be playing it. Um, but yeah, this is, a, in my opinion, a, a big get by Xbox. And I hope that 
if they can, they can continue the tradition of getting it on Game Pass day one in the future. I'm not 100% sure, but I thought I heard that the MLB, their new deal with Sony was like a five-year deal. So however that deal is worded, seemingly didn't it didn't keep it out of Game Pass this first year. So I think there might be a chance yeah. that every single year we're getting MLB The Show, the new edition in Game Pass, which would be, be kind of funny to see, but it'd be pretty good, right? I think you would. I think you would suddenly see year after year the majority of players of a PlayStation created game are on the rival platform, which would be kind of funny to watch. I think we'll see that with this game ourselves. Quite frankly, there'll be a lot of people that just give it a try. Yeah. Give it a try. It's gotten a lot of publicity just because of it being in the service at all. I'm not a huge baseball fan. I don't watch the sport. I haven't played a real baseball game, and Jesus, I don't even know, man. Fifteen plus years, easy. But I've already got the sucker downloaded onto my SSD. I moved some stuff around to make sure I had room for that 72 gig that it is. But uh, I'll definitely be be playing a couple games, seeing what it's like, because the barrier of entry for me currently in a subscription I already have and I'm not leaving is zero. Next thing you know, I'm a huge baseball fan, loving the game, and I can't wait. Like, maybe, or I play one or two rounds, I'm done, and I delete it. Either way, because of Game Pass, me, myself, being a brand-new customer to this this game... I'm there, day one, already, and uh, thank you Game Pass, quite frankly, because I wouldn't have been otherwise. I'm not a fan of sports games, let alone yearly sports games that just change the roster more than anything. No thanks, not for full price, full price, man. I load them up in EA Access to look at the graphics, score a goal or two in hockey, and then I'm out. But mm-hmm. I'm glad that they're there for me to play, and I don't have to plop down any more cash. It's, it, it, I think it's absolutely fantastic. I do have a quick mm-hmm. question for Tim. And this is, you know, everyone's free to spend their money on anything they want. It doesn't matter. But I would like to just kind of get in your headspace of you are a Game Pass member. You know, you like you have it. You know, you're going to have access to the game tomorrow at midnight. But you dropped the big bucks on the Jackie Robinson edition to get the early, early access. Was those three days early access worth the full price that you could have just not had played the game like the rest of us are going to? this next week and if you really wanted it when and if this the game leaves before the next one comes out you buy it then at a discount like do you, do you think that right. you're supporting the devs more i just want to know what what was uh, the mentality no, of Tim Talk that decided to throw down the money knowing you're going to get it uh, for free i do this all the time uh why like why i guess uh because i just this is uh i agree with it's smarter to wait the day and this sometimes i try to go well tim dog i bought outriders no, but what happens with me is that, like, especially, like, this is a big game. I didn't know it was going to have early access. So this, when I heard that it was early access, it was like, ah, oh, shit, I got to I want to do it. And um, what is it? Impulse, uh, what is it called? Impulse buying? I guess yeah. I'm not the best with that. Uh, bit, I think it's a bit of addiction of acquiring things. Like, you, you own yeah. it now. Like, I collect right. things. And I like that. Like, have, mm. Right, 100%. Yeah, okay. And okay. Uh, that's where it goes. It's more of a thing like, um, like, oh, I get the whole night to hang out and imagine if I could have this and ah, it's only 50 bucks, even though what it is. But yeah, the smarter thing to do, and to be honest, uh, it's, it's the better thing is to wait and wait a couple of days uh, and, and then enjoy it then. It's but yeah, it, it's definitely... Um, I do that. It's an impulse. Uh, they, they call it impulse buying. I yep. do that. I've done that. And my, you know, I'll, I'll buy a watch or something or something. When I get when I get on my high horses, as you would say, I have to have something. 
um, oh, yeah. I kind of block out money and I make the stupid decision. So that is that so, was the case. But the I, other way, like, we had. I, I did have fun though. Though oh. I have to say, I did have fun That's with good. this. Like, so my my crew and I, we all had Outriders pre-ordered for months. We knew we were right. buying this game before the beta launched. We knew we were going to buy this game. We liked what we'd seen. The marketing was great. We wanted a new looter. We were all in, man. So we had this sucker pre-ordered for months. We played the beta. We enjoyed it. Problems aside, still going to buy it, still pre-ordered. The day we found out it was coming to Game Pass, we canceled our pre-orders. We'll play it in Game Pass. We're already paying for it. We're not leaving. We're going to play it in Game Pass. If I'm still right. playing that game when it's going to leave Game Pass, I'll buy it then. But if I'm right. if I'm done with the game and I'm not playing it anymore, that's $80 Canadian saved for me. Like I said, right. anyone can spend their money on anything they want. But my mentality went from, I, I buy everything. I own over 800 games. We buy so many games, it's disgusting. I'm addicted to buying the games almost more than I am playing them all. My backlog is games that I've beaten, that type of deal. So it, it very quickly shifted for me, and it wasn't necessarily just a financial thing. It's if I don't have to buy Outriders for $80 Canadian, and now I don't have to buy the show, not that I would have, mm -hmm. that's $80. I didn't have to buy or put any more extra money down for Octopath Traveler or um, Narita Boy, the great highly praised indie game that also just dropped. That's 35 Canadian. Like in one month, I, I'm going to play games that I didn't have to buy, and that paid for the entire year and then some of Game Pass. That's the kind right. of value we're dealing with here. And not one of those games is a first-party game. This is third-party stuff. So, like, it's insane. So I'm just two different different mentalities where I used to – I still am addicted to buying games and spending my money on gaming. But because of Game Pass, I can take that same money, that $180 that I might have spent on just two games, the, the Outriders and Show – and I can go and buy something else. Like if Biomutant doesn't show up in Game Pass, boom, day one right there. If uh, any of the games coming up in the holiday, again, if they're not all in Game Pass, I'm buy most of those games. So it gives me more money to reinvest into other games. I end up with more games than I had before previously. And that's just where I'm coming from. Like that, no, you know, you're not doing it wrong. I was just wondering why you do what you do and decided no, to. You know, what I find interesting what you say, though, is, is that people say that all oh, people don't buy games you just explain to what even myself was, you know, it gives you an option to either hold off or buy another game. It's not like we stop buying games. You're just allocating, you know, uh, money to another thing or buying another game or being smart in your say as a consumer. Um, but, you know, what's funny is, is that, you know, I know it, it's especially sore subject as far as the pricing in, in Canadian, uh, Crispy Bomb. I don't know if you know him. Mm -hmm. uh, he was explaining that, like, in Canada, and Vader, you guys know, you guys just seriously, like, paying, like, for a PlayStation game $105? Like, it can be, yeah. yeah. It is. Yeah, it's it's like 90 bucks. Crazy. Their first-party studios are $90. Their controllers are $15 more expensive than the Xbox yeah. One. Yeah. The PlayStation 5 is $30 more expensive than the Series X. Like, wow. Sony is Greece and Canadians. We pay more because our dollar sucks. Like, yeah. at the end of the day, we're paying well, 80 for a game, not 60 because our dollar sucks. That's why it's happening up here. But Sony, they didn't just go with the regular dollar value. They actually increased the price of their console. $30 more than what it would be. It, it, it's insane. So... 
I, it is expensive to be a gamer. Yeah, and... got a lot of pissed off Canadians. I'll tell you that much. That's right. It, and, <laughs> and that's just here. I hear even worse stories coming out of the UK and stuff like that, where it is suddenly dropping 120 bucks for like a regular version of a game. And uh, to hell with that, man. There's, there's no way. And I love games, but there are very, very, very few experiences that I think are worth that kind of money day one, especially in today's environment where sales are big and frequent, man. I'm going to say it right now. I am not buying an Ubisoft game that launches in the, the holiday season, the Christmas season, because guaranteed, this has happened for three years in a row, every single game that Ubisoft releases, less than six weeks later, it's 40% off. Mm-hmm. Less than six weeks, because of the time that it launches, mm-hmm. it's got oh, Black I, I Friday and everything else on. coming weeks after, and they always, they're always in it, man. And I buy up every Ubi game, because I love them, and then five weeks later, I'm looking at a game that's 40% off, and I played it for 10 hours. That 10 hours wasn't worth that 40%. I can easily wait. I waited years for the games. I can wait an extra six months to save 40%. And again, funnel that money into more gaming. Like the whole industry is changing where we can play things like Game Pass, PS Now, uh, PlayStation Plus has a lot of great stuff. You You can game for cheap. And then if you're willing to wait even just a month, those hot new releases are very, very, very quickly becoming discounted because their shelf life is small. There's too much games coming out. There's too much hotness, too much new, that the stuff that just mm-hmm. dropped has to already drop its price within like a month. So I'm just not doing that anymore. When it comes to Ubisoft specifically, because they are very guilty, every single holiday, 40% off within six weeks. Did anybody notice the heavy Xbox advertisements for MLB The Show? Like, uh, for example, a few days ago, there was a huge marketing drive from the looks of it during a a Toronto Blue Jays home game and it was just like Xbox Game Pass and MLB the show just like plastered right like against the back there it's well, like yeah I saw I saw a forum about it a post they were talking about it they're just trying to put it out there that it's not you know like look at the environment we're in we're, we're always we always kind of are in the know when it comes to games if we don't know directly we're, we're hanging out with somebody or talking to somebody who does that mentions it in conversation and educates us so we're always in the know of what's going on but let's talk about the average consumer mlb the show has been marketed and licensed as a sony exclusive for a very long mm-hmm. time this is a marketing nightmare honestly this is what we now have to undermine years Great. and years of making sure people knew it was exclusive and now we need to let them know that it's this is no longer the way it is so obviously they have been probably pouring a lot of time and money into trying to get people to know that the game has gone multiplied i don't think it was a part of this deal per se but i think that could be another thing that xbox is using for to get companies into game passes look man we take care of a lot of the marketing now this shit hits that it's coming to Game Pass. The, the world of gaming talks about it. Your marketing is done now. You don't have to be running huge commercials and everything else because every website, all the podcasts, all of us, Twitter, everything explodes with the next big game that's coming. Your advertising is done, and advertising is obscenely expensive. Oh, yeah. Well, it's everybody remembers. Uh, you yeah, remember when Spider-Man came out and they did the subway car for, Sp- for Spider-Man? Yeah. I did some reading into that, and if, if I'm right, uh, if I'm correct, it wasn't really PlayStation who did that. That was Disney. Like Disney, I wow. guess a lot of that marketing came from the guys over at Disney were like, hey, why don't we do a subway car and blah, blah, blah. They even like the money of it. Like basically a lot of that was hatched out of Disney wanting to do that, uh, wanting to do that subway car. Yeah. But to, so, to Sosian's point, 
I brought this up on, on a lot of the Twitter. It's like, it's as if you, if you get this game pass day one and you, and so let's say you don't even have the marketing rights, it doesn't matter because you do have the marketing rights when you have the game day one in a way because, you know, social, the social media will just eat it up and talk about it and say, wow, you can get this game for $1 or free or whatever you want to say. And it's not like you even need a third party marketing deal. It does it. It does itself. It's it markets itself in Game Pass. Absolutely, so I'd rather that. that. Yeah, think about that. So I mean, that's just another. Listen, I, listen. We all joke, you know, Game Pass King, but like, like this is. We all thought it was going to do well, but Game Pass is now really becoming a point where uh, it's going to places that I don't think that we all could have thought this could happen. It's great. It's just great to see that. That it's it's been such a hit and uh, like you know even though it's a little off subject and we talked about a pre-show uh, you know it's it's getting to the point where Sony has to come up with some type of answer because it's really the the value itself is just you know it's it's keeping you gaming it's making you do what you're supposed to do and the the, the thing is is taking down barriers by letting you play games that you you know, most likely couldn't play before because you didn't have the money or, or whatever the case is, is that you wouldn't buy it. So uh, just like, just from all aspects, Game Pass is just freaking, it's Hulk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's definitely, that you know, the, crazy the big green. The marketing. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, no, you're that right. they get the marketing for a Sony first-party game. <laughs> <laughs> it was weird. I wonder what Sony's mentality is on that. Like, one, they're marketing their game. The better the game does, the more money Sony makes. But on the other hand, they're marketing it, of course, on Xbox platform. Come play it over here in Game Pass, not buy it for 60 bucks on PlayStation. So I wonder what Sony is actually thinking on this. On one hand, it's kind of good. On the other hand, it's kind of throwing a, a yeah. big wrench into their, their you know, plans. You off, yeah. It's like you're when you're playing you fantasy. Your team's winning. But the guy you're playing against has the QB on your team, on your favorite <laughs> team. So it's like, yes, yeah, your and favorite then it's like, team, oh, yeah. that hurts me. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why. That's why I stopped playing fantasy. good for good for business, happens. bad for the ego. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, either way, guys, I mean, it's cool that this game is finally uh, out on Xbox or out in a few days officially to everybody, but it looks like a cool game, and uh, I don't know, since it's on Game Pass, I may have to ch- check it out, even if I'm not an You got it, I was going to say, you, gotta call, you have the call to arms. Anyone with Game Pass, you want to see more third-party games into it, even if you're not sold on the game, you weren't going to buy it, you don't even think you're interested, like me and, and this baseball, MLB, I don't watch the sport, I don't mm-hmm. play the games, I'm generally not interested. But I have zero barrier to entry, I will play that game, I will become a statistic for Microsoft's Game Pass saying this is how many users logged in and tried this game, so they can now show other big big um, third parties, look, people are willing to try. I am willing to try anything that comes into Game Pass. I will give it a shot. I might turn it off in one minute. I might suddenly fall in love with the sucker. I'm loving it. I'm buying it. I'm buying microtransactions. I'm talking about it. I'm, you know, promoting it everywhere I go. We don't know, but load the game up. Download the game. Load the game up. Everybody in Game Pass. Play one match, if even that. Just do it. You never know what'll happen. You might love it. You might hate it. There's nothing lost outside of maybe an hour of your time and some bandwidth. I mean, depending on where you live, that could be a big thing, the bandwidth. But I recommend doing it. Every big game that comes to Game Pass, whether you're into it or not, give it a shot. Just try it out. You might you might love it. And the barrier to entry, you're already in it. You've already paid. 
you plop down your subscription already. So just do it, man. And you start popping up these numbers. We're going to see more and more of these big games coming. I guarantee it. They need to see the results. And that's that's how they do it is try it. And speaking of which, so Shady, you're going to segue us into another game that has come out recently. And Outriders, the uh, third-person RPG from Studio People Can Fly. I mean, it's been been, uh, getting a lot of attention the last few weeks since it launched, especially since it came uh, into Xbox Game Pass Day 1. Again, a lot of people have been talking about this title, some good... Some, you know, not so much. I've been playing through it. Obviously, I got some gameplay on the screen here of it. And I know a few people on the panel tonight have played through it. I know Forkboy wants to comment on this a lot. But first, I'm going to start off with uh, Eric Shockley here. Shock, I think you've put in a few hours into it. What are your thoughts on the game so far? Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely been a blast. Um, I have cooled off on it uh, just a little bit. just like lately because that's a lot of my friends that were on it kind of that destiny crowd kind of we're getting that destiny feel again where they're like i don't know maybe i need to stop on this because they're worried about content down the road but but yeah the moves the move set the the gameplay of just people were kind of i saw some people were kind of like hiding behind cover and that's like not how you even though it's people called it gears it's not you don't want to hide in cover you want to just be super aggressive and you'll have a blast if you play the right way um but yeah it's it's definitely been a really cool game um i do love that when you play it on xbox you actually also have a great feature called lfg or looking for group that feature is so amazing in games like this um especially when you you know maybe don't have like myself, I don't have my regular crowd that I used to play with, like Destiny. Hey, maybe I can hit up, you know, my regulars. Um, but you can hit up that LFG with that left uh, bar tab on Xbox, and it just pours down with people saying, hey, I'm on World Tier 7, or whatever, I'm on this boss. Or, hey, need Mike, or, you know, just casual. You know, basically they tell you what they're kind of looking for. Um, and it's great. You can just say, cool, I'm interested. They send you an invite, you're in. And that, that makes that a blast because there's not really a good matchmaking setup for it. Um, so I don't know how fun it is if you don't have like regulars that you're down with playing multiplayer games on like PlayStation and, and Steam. Um, that's got to be rough trying to go to third party sites to try to like do looking for group. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely been a blast so far. And if you look in the future also with just stringing this with Game Pass, I'm thinking that Game Pass, their subscriber base is just going to like skyrocket here soon. If you just think of all their, they're going to be able to put in, not obviously every month, you know, every third party game that drops. Um, but just like all they need to do is sprinkle in a few in between the Bethesda games, their regular first party games throughout the year. Game Pass is going to have like big hitters, like consistently all throughout the year, continuously, like that's definitely got me just thinking for the future of Game Pass is going to be amazing. But yeah, I'd like to hear what you know everybody else thinks of uh, the game so far. But it's been a blast, I'd say, on my end. I need to get back into it, especially some of the uh, later gear looks pretty cool. So mm-hmm. yeah, Fork Boy, you want to jump in here with some of your thoughts? Uh, it's one of the better solo player. Oh yeah, that's right. It's multiplayer. Uh, 
Yeah, it has issues. Um, a lot of people that haven't played a lot don't realize that um, mm. there are some serious flaws in the game that the developer hasn't even addressed yet. Um, I've already beat the game, World Tier 15, uh, got all the way to Expedition 15, so I'm level 50 gear. Yes. But if I go play with people that are 10 levels, 11 levels lower than me, I do less damage than them because I'm being punished for being in a lower area. I know that sucks for you, Fork, but there are a lot of people that, like, say, if I'm that lower guy, but you and me are buddies and I want to play with you, I don't want you to come in, one-shot everything while I sit in the corner and power level. I know some yeah, people love that. But Other people are like, I want to play with you, but don't one-shot no, no, everything. No, no, no. Here's, my fun, here's right? the problem, though. Mm. If I bring you into my world, the exact same world tier, yeah, it you'll get punished because now everything's based on me instead of you. So the world tiers mm. are not set hit points or damage it's based on whoever's hosting it which it is, is completely yeah. stupid it should be always the same always what it is to me if i get invited to a game by someone that's level 30 they know what i'm bringing in so they're not bringing me in to do less damage they're bringing me in to just destroy everything and that's that so for me to go in and i do less damage to me that's not fun i'm not enjoying that whatsoever and i'm not talking like a little bit of damage i'm talking like Bomber was level 22, I was 44, and he was doing double damage than I was. Yeah, that's weird. Like, it should have brought you down to his level, so you're both doing at least oh, the no, same. See, I was, and but... I was still taking full damage. Like, I have screenshots oh. of me, Leo, and um, uh, Ghost playing, and I took three times the damage that they did, but I did less damage than they did, which that's makes weird. no sense whatsoever. And it's like, so basically don't play with your friends unless they're the same level. The you. same level. That's my problem with any of these games is that any time I mean, you start to well, separate from your buddies, it becomes really hard to get together and have a well, smooth see, experience. That's the thing, though. Always people, trying to level something out. They always are. People can crap on um, Anthem, but the one thing I'll say about Anthem is day one, multiplayer worked, and if I was big badass and I went to go help a friend, I was still a big badass. This okay. game... It, if you're single player, play by yourself. Do not go play with somebody else if you're on separate world tiers because it, the scaling is horrible. Hmm. Um, the very end cutscene, if you haven't got to it yet, uh, the fact that they haven't even talked about it yet, uh, interesting. Makes me realize that their focus is somewhere else instead of making the game quality. Um, I mean, it's not a game of service. They've already said that there won't be an expansion. They've said they, they're thinking about it, but at the end of the day... Uh, with all the problems they're having, loot disappearing, people still not getting their loot back, and they finally got that kind of patch somewhat, but a lot of the other issues, I I honestly don't think this game's going to be going that far because, like they said, this is what it is. There's nothing else. Well, a lot of people are going to be like, oh, this is what it is. They're just going to move on, especially for the fact that it's in Game Pass. Game Pass is a great thing, but it's also a bad thing. I paid 60 bucks for the game. So to me, it's like I've invested money. I want to get something out of it. If it's in Game Pass and I pay anything, if I have a bad experience with it, I'm moving on to something else because I have nothing invested. Mm -hmm. well, you had your and time so, invested. I think time is worth uh, more to me personally so, than money. I was looking forward to something. Like whether I put uh, uh, five bucks in or a thousand, I'm upset when I'm looking forward to something and it doesn't deliver. I'll let the company know, right? Like, yeah, it's up but to at you same still. Time, if, if, it's if you didn't to brush it off, that if you didn't like pay any problem. money though, and the very first week is nothing but problems, you're losing gear. Are you going to keep playing or are you going to move to Why something not? else? It doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't cost anything a week later when they fix it. Like, I think a uh, lot of people just have a problem of, I need it now. It's out now. If it doesn't work now, I'm never going to play. Again. I'm, I, I mean, don't think that way. If it's fixed later, I'll check it out later. I'm not going to burn it down because it had a rough launch.
launch. That's not me, and it's not because I played it in Game Pass. I have bought many games, of course, that that just didn't meet my standards or there was something very wrong. You let someone know politely because no one's going to listen to an asshole, and I think it's going to fix. The, the, the more popular this game is, the, the fact that it's in Game Pass and more people are playing it, I think puts the incentive on the company to fix it, not abandon it, because that's a very bad look. People have memories. They're going to remember. Hey, remember that last game you released? It sucked, and you didn't fix it. So I'm not, I'm not excited for the next one in Game Pass. Yeah, I'm see, not I... going to buy the next one. Are you going to buy People Can Fly's next game because you bought this one and it did what it did? Like they do not want to burn your goodwill, whether it's in Game Pass or whether you paid full price. I don't think they do at all. And the more popular the game is, the more likely I think that they're going to try and fix it because there's more people with issues that they're potentially burning. That's just yeah, me. But with the MLB The Show coming out and other games coming out, you have a small window when you're a free game because you're on Game Pass. And the fact that I have 185 people on my friends list and now only three people are playing it, that says a lot. That means yeah, people have already moved stuff. on. And so, yeah, they're patching stuff and they're doing stuff. But, I mean, if people don't have stuff invested, they've already moved on. They've already moved on. To me, yeah, I... Well, they said that it's not a games as a service. It is a game where play it for as long as you like. When you get what you've gotten out of it and you're done, move on. Like, their own company. That was what they said. We're not here to make this a game that you play for the next two years. That's not... Oh, no, they've, they've said they've thought about DLC, but they my have big thing is... Success. Like, they didn't come up with the, that. Though. The expeditions just, are pointless. They're time-based, so if you do not do massive damage, yeah. which I don't understand why they nerfed the Technomancer and the Trickster, because they're like, oh, Oh, we, we want you to do other builds. Well, I'm sorry. I'm a devastator. I do not do a lot of damage. I take a lot of damage and I can live, but soloing those are not easy unless you have certain gear. So if you don't mm -hmm. get certain gear, oh, which by the way, something else I found annoying um, to get to world tier 15, I had to start the game over and actually grind through because you can't get enough experience to get to world tier 15. So I was like, well, I'll just start the game over. No big deal. And I was on world tier 13. Went and did the first mission, and I got two whites and two greens on uh, World Tier 13 that's supposed to have a 400% rarity drop rate. Mm -hmm. I should what, not be seeing whites and greens at that point. Which then I made me believe that, uh, it's tied to the white, mission. If you upgrade your whites and greens to blues and then up to purples, I, I've Do you realize how that, much titanium uh, that takes? It's a lot of titanium, but you end up getting you, you can no. get your perks better. You end up having like uh, just better perks that you can put on the guns like that. You have a better yeah, but then you also are in the fact of I know a lot of people that had perfect crafting materials builds, perfect <laughs> builds, only to have their loot wiped, only to be told, well, you'll get some of the loot back, but it won't have the same traits. Yeah, did you guys yeah. see uh, who was it? Uh, Cognito. Right. He like he oh, yeah. posted he yeah lost, he lost everything. Like, and that's the thing too. You know, that's something that needs to be addressed here because you know, like for example, I've been playing by myself. I'm I think I'm level twenty at the moment, something like that. I've been having a good time with it, but it is a little rough on the edges. I haven't done anything multiplayer wise, and uh, in a way, I'm kind of glad right now just because of. Uh, lot of the issues so, like you were saying but i mean at the same time i am enjoying my time with it but it's uh it's a little rough it is a little rough and they do need to address these uh bug issues otherwise because again that um this negativity the uh, the bug neg negativity you know like stuff like that when you're talking about a new game it uh, it spreads like wildfire right and then you have an instance where like look at cyberpunk for example i mean you talk about bugs i mean a lot of people don't want to touch that game and for like another year. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes that kind of uh, news, that bad news that uh, spreads for a new game, it uh, yeah. it really hurts. Well, yeah, Destiny 2 burned also, a lot of bridges. They lost a lot of hardcore people. I mean, yeah. you have someone like Lord, 
They hold, you have someone the like Cognito anymore in Destiny. Yeah, I mean, when you have someone Jesus. like Cognito that has a lot of followers that you know he posts stuff, he's a very positive person, and people follow him, and then all of a sudden he loses his gear. People are going to be like, "Hey, look, I don't know if I want to risk that." I mean, they patched it and fixed the multiplayer, but me, Ghost, and Leo played, and Ghost was the third one, and it's still a problem. If you're the last one to join, you constantly kind of have connection issues after every expedition. And they still haven't addressed that. And it's like, you know, the the inventory wipe, a lot of people don't know this. The inventory problem was a problem in the demo. This is not a new problem. It was a problem in the demo. They thought they had it fixed. They're like, no, you didn't have it fixed. People said you didn't have I mean, this is, to me, this is another example yeah. of delay the game, fix it, because you're yeah. never going to change someone's first opinion, ever. Mm -hmm. And well, when, man, when my, you are a looter shooter, losing loot. I don't run it down instantly. If a game doesn't deliver instantly, but they come and fix stuff and change stuff, I'm more than willing right. to come back and give it another shot. Like That's a new thing, not everyone thing, but I, I just don't burn it down the second something's wrong. I'm not that type of game. I mean, mm -hmm. I've already beat the game. I've gotten everything that I want out of it. I've moved on. So Some move people, on. Like, what, well, I already have. I ran a podcast talking about this game, You know, talking about how good it could be, but I also had my worries, and my worries were confirmed. It's it's a great single player game. It's a great game that you can play as long as you're all the same level, but it's limited on what it can do. And like somebody posted on Twitter, for a looter shooter to lose lose your loot, that is one of the worst things you can do. Mm -hmm. It is, but it's an extreme minority that's happening to. If it was literally happening to one in five people, the uproar would be much much bigger than it is. We're hearing. Yeah, I mean, but still, if there's a chance of me losing it. But a lot of people... I, I did play my whole time. Everyone I play with, we never lost our loot. That certainly doesn't say that no one else is, and it doesn't matter that they did. Like, that sucks. If I were to lose mine, it would have sucked. But I've got three characters going. I would have kept playing. This game, for me, I think it's amazing. I've had a few moments where I'm screaming obscenities of the game and one click away from deleting it because the giant difficulty spike or something happened or it booted me to the dash again because I've never had a game crash more than this one. There are issues, undeniable issues. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I'm like personally, I'm a hardcore gamer. I love this game. Not uh, that no one else is a hardcore gamer. I love this game. I enjoy it. So I'm willing to put up with the mm -hmm. issues and the difficulties at the beginning because later on, I'm sure that a lot of it will be addressed. Maybe not all of it, but uh, it delivers more than it does for me. I really do like it. I think it's a totally different experience when you play it by yourself than when you play it with friends. As, as a lot of games are, but this one's hugely different, such a different experience. It's it's way smoother and more technically sound alone. The game just performs better alone. So, in multiplayer, there's more hitching and rubber banding, and I find... I mean, it's a great solo looter more. shooter. Mm -hmm. It is. It feels really good, and more than any other looter I've ever played, more than Destiny, more than Division, more than um, Anthem, this game's builds mean something. The equipment means something. The little perks that are on each one, they're legit. If you start getting too much damage, start perking up for your armor, and you can feel it instantly. Start perking towards bullet damage, you can feel it instantly. Start perking towards your power damage, you can see it instantly. I've never seen a game, like a looter game, where the entire story, the entire game, almost from the very first mission, as soon as you start getting loot, it means something. If you're spec'd wrong and you have a wrong, incorrect build for the character you're using, you will get destroyed. Like this game yeah. isn't a walk. Division it did, does... it, did it. No, I mean pretty good you do. Now, but... but just uh, just wait till you get to expeditions and you get up to like expedition nine or ten. And you're like, hey, I want to go back and grind some legendaries. And you go back to world tier fifteen and find out a level, you know, forty two shotgun does more damage than your legendary 
50. Oh, yeah. Like, I've, I felt that now. Like, I, I don't really like the world tier system in general. I wish it kind of just had a, a standard difficulty. There's times where it's cool. Like, it gets harder, and it does make me sweat a little with each encounter. But there are times where the jumps are just way too big or the exotic that I just got. And then all of a sudden, my world tier goes up after one mission, and that exotic is shit now. Like, it just does crap damage. So for a, a, my first, like, 15 to 20 hours of gameplay, the world tier was my biggest issue. I was like, this is insane. But I thought the world tier had to go with you if you wanted to get better loot. It had to. But it kind of just increases your better chances of loot, and you can, you can get higher level, like, overall. But you can get higher level. It's just the, it the leveling up is... It, I mean, when you get up to like level 48, 49, and you start, uh, you need to level up your gear from 49 to 50, the amount of resources that it takes it's insane, is, man. no, it's more of screw it. I'm just going to wait for a, something to drop because I'm oh. not spending 40,000 or 4,000 something. It's like, no, that's not worth it. Yeah. And it's the, like, the it does feel long for the, the big end game. And like you said, it's all time based. So it, there's, it, no, there's no room for, for a support build or no, a, no, a you, slower you, build. If so you don't, something else there. Uh, so it, so if anybody plays Devastator, I'm just letting you know now. Um, uh, Shock had talked about, and I hope I said your name right, sorry. Uh, Shock had yeah. talked about that he liked the fact that, you know, if you're looking for a group, you can hit it and you can join people. If you're a Devastator and you do that, you will be kicked from the group because you don't do enough damage. Quick and enough, that is something right. on the forums that people are complaining about because <laughs> Devastators get kicked instantly because it's like oh well you don't do enough damage we don't want you and it's like but i'm the i'm the one that takes the damage well yeah but there's no way to aggro so the whole fact that you take damage is useless the the entire game's diversity in builds kind of gets killed oh the 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 devastator um there's a guy that i followed and i kind of went after his build a little bit with bleed i mean i can do a decent amount of damage the problem is i still don't do enough compared to what a technomancer or a trickster does but that's fine they have more armor. They can. They have less armor. There's other things, but at the end of the day, it's like it. It, it doesn't make me feel like the tank that they talked about you being because it's like, yeah, I can take damage, I was but a blast as devastator in that in the first like up to world tier seven. I've had a blast with it, but yeah, oh, this has me like devastator. I enjoy. Not play it yet. <laughs> I I, yeah, I enjoy it. It's fun, but you lack an aggro system. So to me, it's like okay, I'm a tank, but I can't make things attack me in a group. They still attack everybody else, so that's great. I, I don't mm-hmm. get it. I mean, mm-hmm. give me a stomp or something. So I mean, it, it's it's like they That's wanted to build a game. Do. Like, hey, let me take the like with the whole Neo move, where you, hey, let me just take all the bullets. You can start hitting them. They can't hit you. And then I'm just going to use all that ammo, wipe them all out because I've watched that happen, where I just take out like everybody. That's I'm just soloing the game. I'm just wiping out whole, you know, groups yeah. of people with their Which with their ammo. They, and it they feels nerfed. Awful that ability to because you do that demo and now even at end game that's almost completely useless like bleed is pretty much the only way you can build right now for end game you still don't do enough damage they just made it so it takes longer to come back but if you're not using the power rounds i don't know what you're doing because those things just rip like i'm doing three times a day shotgun and i'm just Um, using a shotgun the whole time because it freezes the bosses with one shot and then i start attacking the other guy he unfreezes so but that's what I've been doing. And it's got it, the game has a great moment to moment. Like I think it controls well. It looks well. The powers are are pretty fantastical. Nothing like seeing a guy get skeletoned and explode in front of you and stuff. Like there's some really cool uh, visuals in the game. 
it can be difficult. You can always turn it down to make it a bit easier, but like it's, it's got a really engaging moment to moment loop. I think the builds are legit, which is nice. And I, I found to be different from a lot of the other games, except for the end game. You know, you start in the end game and there's other looters. You do need to start focusing on it. But playing this, playing the story and the other ones, you could kind of wear whatever you wanted. Just make sure it's that level and it was fine. Whereas this is you really need to start looking at the what character you are, what skills you are using, where you put your skill points in your tree, which you can completely redo for free at all times, and I recommend people play with. Like, There's just a lot of variety in the game, at least before the end game. Once you get to that end game, you need to spec for damage as much as you can to beat it as fast as you can, otherwise there's no point. That sucks. I, I also don't like the uh, the visual, the cosmetic game. Mm -hmm. Because it's so stat-focused, I'm chasing numbers and I'm chasing perks and everything else, Way more than I could ever dress to impress, and I do like doing that in my looters, where you get something. Yeah, I saw this I guy look looked like, like a samurai. Badass. He looks sick. Yeah, he looks I... sick in, until his armor sucks now, and he needs to wear yeah. that, that lame ass pair of pants. <laughs> I got I got stats. tired of looking like that a boy scout so on my much. Devastator for ten levels, but it was yeah, the it best gear I had, much. and I'm yeah, like, man. I don't like looking like a boy scout. I I, no. I want to look like a big badass. I look like someone walking down the street asking if I can help you cross the street. Yep. That's this is why I'm ready for Diablo Four. I was gonna. I'm just like, gonna um, never play it. I mean, do you know how sad it is that because of this game, it got people's kind of appetite, you know, wanting a looter shooter yeah. or, or looter. And my friends list is now filled with people playing Borderlands Three and Diablo Three. It's like hmm. okay, so you know, you 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 oh, had a good concept. I, people oh got excited, God. but now they've moved on to other stuff. I ordered. Well, and like the company Borderlands said originally, their fork was that's what they wanted was come in, play your twenty five thirty hours, and then go play something well, else. Well, again, right? guys, they didn't necessarily want you to play forever. Well, look at the timing of the release, right? I mean, it kind of hit at the right time. You know, there's not a oh, whole yeah. lot of big games. No, there's out not right a lot now. going out. So, so it hit at the right time, and I mean, it's a great addition for yeah. Game Pass. Um, again, it, it, it could have used some more time Resident in the Evil oven. <laughs> Two weeks. Yeah, it is. It, the game is rough around a few edges. It's not perfect. I'm willing to deal with those myself because I enjoy that moment to moment a lot. But even then, there's some frustration with that. Like, I do wish I could wear the the gear that I thought looked the coolest along with some stats, but it's not that at all. So I often look like a total douchebag running around wrecking ass. It is what it is. Um, I wish that the multiplayer was more stable. I wish that um, th there's just some stuff in there that isn't perfect, but very few games are. I think for a brand new IP, it's done well. It's got an actual story to it, which mm. is just steeped in in cheese and B-level, like, 80s, 90s action. I think the writing goes cool. from being kind of tacky, cheesy, to outright bad. But that's fine because the story in the game isn't taking that part of it way too serious. The cutscenes are there for two minutes. They're done. They tell you what you have to do, why you're going to go kill another mob of monsters. And that's what I'm looking for. When I'm playing a video game, I'm there to play the game, not necessarily watch extended five, ten minute long cutscenes where it's taking itself dead serious. I like to laugh at my games. I grew up since like in the 80s playing them. So writing in games has been horrible for far longer than it's been good. I don't want bad writing. I don't want bad story. But when it's not the best, I'm totally fine with it. I don't like when a game's budget, everything goes towards the acting. Everything goes towards the voice acting. Everything goes towards the mocap. The mm -hmm. stuff that I'm not playing, but I'm watching. Some gamers love it. All the power to them. It's not for me. And I think this game nails it. It gives purpose to why I'm killing the same mobs for the millionth time. I get a laugh or two here and there. I roll my eyes a bunch, which is totally fine. And it gets the job done. There's a lot of different areas. The game is way longer and bigger than I expected it to. I'm now in the desert, which is like, oh, geez, 
there's a lot of change, a lot of neat stuff. I think it's good. And if you're in Game Pass, I recommend checking it out. It may not be, you know, the greatest thing of all time for you, but, um, you know, the barrier to entry is low and it's doing really well. It's top in Steam's uh, concurrent players, you know, like 120 plus thousand yeah. at once at its peak, which destroyed Avengers at 25. It was number one selling, even though it's in Game Pass on Xbox. I'm not sure how high it got on the Sony charts, but I'm pretty sure it was pretty high. Uh, the game is is a hit, and I think that they're not going to let it just die on the vine. I wouldn't be surprised if there's expansions coming. But, I mean, if I'm done playing with it, by the time it's done, Game Pass, then I'll move on. If I still want to play and there's new content coming, I'll very likely buy it at its 10 to 20% mm -hmm. discount and keep going. But I, I've had a blast with it. I think it's good, and um, I recommend it personally. Uh, it's not perfect, but it's fun. Agreed. Um, again, Outriders wasn't a game that I intended to play, I thought, when it initially got announced, it kind of looked kind of generic-y. But, again, with Game Pass, I started to play it. And you know what? Again, it has it's it's kind of a, a, an odd mix. Like, in one moment, you're in a forest. The next, you're in, like, this World War One kind of looking battlefield where you have to assault the trenches. And just, again, it takes you to all different kinds of environments. And, I don't know, it, ha it has, uh, like, some cool classes and some really nice uh, weapon combos and whatnot. I just, I, I am really enjoying the... Uh, the gameplay and the moment-to-moment -moment action. Uh, of course, there's some things I don't like. It is rough around the edges in a lot of ways. And like you said, I mean, it could use some touch-ups and uh, some of the voice acting and the story's kind of eh in some areas. But otherwise, you know, it's yeah, it's an interesting game. I'm looking forward to see where it goes the next uh the next few weeks for sure and what uh, DLC they drop. Uh, all right, fellas, you know what? We will move on to our last topic of the evening. And earlier we were talking about Xbox possibly striking some a deal with Kojima Productions. Well, it appears that uh, not all of... Um, that's not all that's involved here. And they're working with more third-party studios for exclusive titles. And according to Windows Central's Jess Corden, they have some interesting partnerships. Teasing, He was teasing a cyclone emoji and a hint of a new IP. And even earlier today, uh, another Windows Central uh, personality, Miles Dompier, he teased four projects separate from the Kojima deal. And that there's three new IPs and one is a spin-off of, of an existing IP, no less. So, you know, that kind of gets the imagination gears kind of uh, churning there guys it seems like xbox is going to be very aggressive going into this gen centurion what are your thoughts on these rumblings and uh do you have any ideas on who you think these studios uh could be working on the games man i've been trying to really think about who microsoft could be talking to because i mean who who has Microsoft not been talking to before the pandemic? Phil Spencer was all over the globe. I mean, you, every time you opened up Twitter or any kind of form of internet, you were seeing Phil Spencer somewhere. Um, I, re I really don't know what studios per se, outside of like everybody knows about the, the Kojima thing. We've heard a lot of rumblings about Konami. Um, dude, sky's the limit right now. Like... Mm -hmm. Everybody says we're in the golden age of gaming. I have to be completely in agreement that we're we're in a golden age of gaming. But as a result of uh, the pandemic, we have seen some really crazy growth in gaming. And it's almost made it unpredictable because, I mean, who would have predicted that when everybody was told to go home, they were all going to grab a game console on the way. 
and all of a sudden the gaming is exploding globally. Microsoft uh, acquires Bethesda for $7.5 billion. I mean, like, all of a sudden gaming has surpassed almost uh, movies and television as a choice of entertainment. So I, at this point, I really do not know off the top of my head who, I mean, let's, you could throw names at the wall every single day, but I really wouldn't even know who to start with. I realize it's a loaded question and it just it yeah. really, you know, intrigues, you know, who, who could it be really? It just, it's interesting that there are so like, there's, uh, more and more, um, like close to confirmations coming out from whether they be like insiders or just even uh, journalists. Let's say again, all these Windows Central guys confirming, yeah, they got some uh, pretty big deals in place, and you'll be very surprised who they work for. A lot of people think they have something with Avalanche, for example, but I mean, the sky's the limit. Uh, you look at uh, Jez's tease with a cyclone emoji. Emoji, it's like. Who could that be? Or is it really a cyclone? I know. I've been sitting there staring at that little emoji going, what the heck is this? But I've been, I've noticed a lot of people, though, for some reason, <laughs> are harping on the fact that, like, when I've been really thinking about it, the one thing that I've wanted, I guess, say, and this might trigger Shady, um, everybody, for some reason, seems to gravitate around these third-party deals because they're, like, trying to say, like, oh, Microsoft's lack of uh, first-party big exclusives um, because we're going to have to wait for Fable. We're going to have to wait for what's going on at the initiative. We're going to have to wait, wait, wait. And it's just like you want to honestly tell somebody to just shut up, be quiet, because, yeah, you have to wait. You know, um, it takes time. We all saw what happened with Cyberpunk when you try to rush something and it totally backfires. Um, we need to stop going around telling these developers to rush, rush, rush. We need to let them have the time they need to really create a quality product. But also at the same time, Shady even said it earlier, there is games falling out of everywhere when it comes to Microsoft. So, like, um, like I really don't know what holes they really need to fill off the top of my head. If I want to go play um, a kitty-style game, I'm pretty sure Microsoft has something like that. Um, same with any genre I'm really looking for. Microsoft has been doing a really good job, and they everybody talks about aggressiveness. They are becoming aggressive, um, but I don't really think they're doing it in a very um assholeish way they're they're being aggressive they're making their presence known but they're definitely being respectful and they're also wanting to help uplift companies that they do business with that's where i think microsoft really takes very close consideration on what companies that they really want to work hand in hand with just because of situations like um fable legends scalebound um they've been bit on the hand over deals like that so they're very cautious but also at the same time I feel Microsoft has their their morals or the way they want to do business, and so they try to find companies that kind of line up with that. Mm-hmm. No, totally, man. Um, yeah, it just it, well, you can't blame any of these uh, publishers and companies for going out and trying to address, you know, some holes in their in their launch lineup or whatever it may be. Because again, sometimes you're just not... Pre now, if we're talking launch lineup, yeah, but I feel Microsoft actually has a, a really lot to offer me when it comes to uh, the diversity of the, the software that they provide. I don't feel like there's like a cookie cutter recipe that's handed out to developers on like, hey, just in case, um, we've been told this is a formula that works. Yeah, they're not you know, Sony. 
Exactly. <laughs> it's not like I'll, I'll say it. I'll say it. They're yeah, not they're not. It's not like they're handing you that file folder going. Um, this is what we're looking for. You know, Microsoft is like, hey, um, yeah, you work for us now. Um, keep doing what you do. You guys have a great day. And like, I mean, it's like you. They let you know the companies kind of still do their thing. Obviously, it's not like they're letting you know the inmates run the asylum kind of thing. They're obviously wanting these companies to produce a good quality game. But that's where I like uh, how Phil Spencer and a lot of these companies are starting to come to the idea of it's going to take time to make these games. We're willing to let you know these games are in the oven cooking. But at the same time, we don't know exactly when they're going to be ready, but we do promise they will deliver. Mm -hmm. You know what? I'll take a stab at this. This the uh, hint of what uh, well, Jez is uh, kind of um, teasing. Um, what are you thinking, Peter? I think that it's not a cyclone at all, but it's meant to imitate it. I think it's actually like supposed to, I don't know, uh, my studio guess is Iron Galaxy. They have a game because it kind of looks like a galaxy kind of spiral as well. And I don't mm. know, they've been kind of quiet, to be honest. So, yeah, what the hell has Iron Galaxy done since the last couple seasons of Killer Instinct? I just, I can't. They did think that of it right now. Uh, game that flopped, Extinction. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, but I, I don't know what else they've been doing besides, like, uh, being a, a porting studio. So, I mean, that's, mm. you know, and they've been kind of quiet, So, and they're friendly with Microsoft, so I could see them possibly doing that's something. True. That's the type of studios that, that do these type of, of deals with Microsoft Publishing, right? Is I got an idea, I don't necessarily want to be bought, but I do need funding and that's where ori came from and stuff like that so yeah the guys that defining duke did say they knew what jez was talking about with that uh emoji um and he was saying it's supposed to be like a really from what he's heard and uh or heard from it, he hadn't obviously seen it yet um but it is supposed to be something pretty unique that's going to be pretty you know get everybody's attention so i guess we're probably gonna have to wait for june for that but <laughs> mm. Mm -hmm. Well, he said we're probably going to be excited. He didn't obviously want to, and him and Jez were both saying that, you know, they don't want to ruin what it is, you know, take that away because they know, but from what they've been told. But what's everyone's opinion on people doing that? You know, like you find out something that's coming and you, they know, like some of these are years out. They're not going to say it for years, but I know that something big is coming. It's awesome. It's big. It's wicked, but I'm not going to say it because I don't want to. Like, what is everyone's opinion of when that happens? I'm not a huge fan. On one, it kind of builds up a little bit of hype, but hype for what? No idea. No clues, no hints other than it's big, it's exciting, period. No genre. We heard one of them was multiplayer, I guess. Mm -hmm. But, like, I'm not a huge fan of that type of of talk myself because it kind of goes nowhere. It just ends up being this echo chamber of, well, they said they heard something and it's coming in a few years and it's big and it's exciting and it's awesome and they were unwilling to give anything else because they don't want to ruin it. It's like, well, you're kind of, I don't know, just wasting my time then like there's something to be excited for but you're unwilling to say anything i don't mm. i don't really like it nothing against uh -huh. uh, you know of course miles or or, or um jez but I, I don't like when that kind of stuff happens if you're going to open your mouth in my opinion i think you should say it or just be quiet and just be like hey look there's some cool stuff coming i guess maybe i don't know it, it's a weird thing i don't like it i don't like necessarily leaks you ruin it for the guys making all these years of games you kind of took the wind out of their sails but i i find it overall just kind of frustrating and 
it's, it's it's sort of hollow at the end of the day. I hear you, man. I really do. But at the same time, I think I think they're trying to do something good too because I think you know we, Xbox bought all these studios in the past few years, especially the Zenimax deal, and you know, they know that there's games coming. It's just a matter of what you know okay what are we gonna get within the next like one or two years right and again there's been different things going around there apparently there are some confirmations about some of these games that are rumored here to be actually maybe a little closer than you know they're not as far off as what people are thinking like four or five years away but i mean they're they're just excited and they want the fan base to know that hey you know there are other things coming uh, it's not just going to be a whole bunch of you know internal studios they're going around the industry trying to pick up you know the the you know address certain things in their game catalog that might be missing and just again just to pick up and you know um just more deals i mean that's just you know being competitive right so um what i like is it sounds like they're helping to fund a game's development with these deals they're not swooping in and buying a game that is done ready to come out on all the consoles and saying not just ours keep it off of that one they're not doing that from what I'm, I'm gathering, it sounds like they're going out and finding people that are looking to make something and need some financial help, like what Ori was. Ori wasn't a game that was created, ready to come out on PlayStation and Nintendo, and, and Xbox said, nah, nah, here's the cash, only us. Like, it, it's different. They help to fund and create these games, and I think that's a much, much better thing, and that's what Microsoft Studios is actually doing. They're not shopping around for, quote-unquote, timed exclusives. Mm-hmm. They're looking for projects that need a little bit of help but aren't going to be acquired full on i think that's what this microsoft studios has always done well look at and rise like of that. the tomb raider for example that's right, right? they helped fund that that's mm-hmm. right without microsoft's money the game wouldn't have been made it wasn't a matter of hey we made tomb raider it's ready to go and then microsoft came swinging and said keep it off playstation here's some cash that's not the way that deal went down it was we're not making this game because we're unwilling to fund it ourselves and microsoft said here's some cash we get it exclusive because we're helping you make it. We're taking away some of that that beginning risk that you guys were unwilling to do. And I think that's a better a better thing. It's better as a company to do. Like I'd rather Microsoft spent their money on Game Pass deals than timed exclusive deals like Sony does. If I'm a Sony user, primarily, them going out and, and making sure that a game is only on that system does nothing for me. I'm going to get it anyways. It was already coming. Deathloop was already going to be on PlayStation. It was already coming. They just paid money to keep it off Xbox. I'm, I, I think that's lame. Very lame. So uh, the Microsoft Studios, again, I could be wrong. It looks like they go out and they find projects that need funding and help to come to fruition, and that's what they do. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited for what these are. We're hearing where these projects are years off. They're obviously in development, and these deals are already made. So Microsoft's money likely is being made is being used to help create whatever these experiences are going to be, without any hint as to what they are, other than one is a multiplayer. They're exciting and they're big. And I guess one of them is from a studio that no one saw coming or something. Like, it's all cool and it, it sounds neat and all, but mm-hmm. I, I just I wish there was more details. And I do like how it sounds as if there's this is development money that's being shared and looked around as opposed to we're just looking to buy something for a little while and we get it for, yeah. for timed. I think that's even done. I, Xbox would rather have a third party game show up in Game Pass and be somewhere else. Because when it works good and the game sells well on other platforms and on its own platform, like it's just better in Game Pass. It makes Game Pass look better for them. So time stuff is no good, but I think Microsoft Studios doing what they're doing is fine. It's not the same thing as, as timed deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, for, 
for me, part of this is uh, when you go back to 2013 and you look at some of the games that Xbox made, uh, you know, they've had games made by a third party that were exclusive. Um, I think that what Jez is, is, is pushing here or is hinting at uh, could be that type of case. Not only do you have, you know, games that they're buying and making themselves in the Xbox Game Studios, I do believe Xbox is just really looking at it as uh, a way to keep feeding the subscription model and having these no dead down times. So for me, I, I, my from what I've heard, what I gather from from what uh, Jez has been saying or hinting, there's three games, and uh, whether it's from publishing uh, Xbox Global Publishing or it's uh, being exclusive by third party. I think that that's, I don't think this is a require um, acquisitions. That's more the long lines that that's what it's going to be. And they might be doing some maybe older IPs for, for Xbox or, or something reviving something like that. But uh, just basically uh, the way I look at it is you're adding three more new triple A's uh, that are going to be in the pipeline. And in the end, I think Xbox is just looking to uh, really have no gaps, just really have it where the, uh, the, the, just the overall value of Game Pass is accepted and, um, you know, uh, synonymous with Xbox and having Xbox as a console, really having Game Pass pass and just be able to play all these games all the time on all these devices all over uh, is the new motto. And uh, mm-hmm. I think they're going to nail it. And I think that there's going to be a shit ton of games that are going to be in the pipeline. Um, maybe not everyone hits, but you're going to get some hits. And you're going to get ebbs and flows of all these games that are coming. But one thing's for sure. They are playing us to uh, uh, absolute monster hand of content. And they're going to throw that all at you, the Game Pass user, all at all of us, the gamers. And um, I just, you know, it's just great to see how, you know, the evolution, how it first started out. And, you know, people on this panel, how we all kind of like the idea and kind of how it just is evolving. And, and we're at the point right now where we're like, you know, they can, you know, our ideas are just so big because they're pulling off so much stuff uh, and, and push, doing crazy things that, like, we, we're like, well, like, what's next? But that's my take on the whole uh, the whole thing that was reported there. And um, I'm very excited. I think that... Uh, they're going that extra mile, and it's just uh, very good for people who supported Xbox and, you know, didn't, you know, leave when it was tough and, you know, kind of stood it out. And a lot of people on the panel were like that. Uh, and uh, just good to see that, you know, now it's like kind of like like everything's positive, everything's good, and, and we're excited. And that's the best thing that you can say. We're, we're excited. Uh, we're waking up tomorrow wondering what's next. What are they going to be, you know, pushing out tomorrow? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my, hey, who knows? I mean, there might be some news that drops tomorrow morning for all we know. So Monday seemed to Apparently be a good there is. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So uh, <laughs> I'll be curious to see what drops tomorrow. But uh, all right, guys, I think on that note, we're going to uh, start to sunset tonight's show. And uh, you know what? Hey, I got to say what an episode it's been. Uh, lots of talk regarding Xbox and Kojima, Square Enix, our thoughts on MLB The Show, Outriders, and more. And to everyone that joined in tonight to uh, to listen to us this evening, we really appreciate you guys being here. ATL, Justin, Infinite, uh, Dreadpool, who, do, who else do we got here? Uh, there's been so many others that tuned in to us. We really appreciate you guys. Other Zinc, K-Mega, hey buddy, thanks for uh, joining here. And, you know, honestly guys, um, you know, if you happen to enjoy tonight's show, then consider subscribing and hitting the like button. Honestly, I'm not a big fan of, you know, repeating that kind of stuff, but the YouTube algorithm kind of favors it. So, uh, you know, it, it does help us out. So we really appreciate that. Um, but with all that said, guys, let's get to some of these outros here, starting with our guests. And uh, hey, Fork Boy, it was, uh, it was a blast having you on here, pal. Uh, we've definitely got to get you on again. Where can everybody uh, follow you at? Uh, thanks for having me. It was a blast being able to talk to you guys and being on here. Uh, you can find me at Forkboy underscore gaming on Twitter and find me gaming beyond the box on Wednesdays at uh, YouTube at 8 p.m. Eastern. Nice. And buddy. I guess Xbox. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, definitely check out gaming beyond the box. Great crew there with uh, Wilmy Hood and all them. Um Next up, Shady Buddy. Hey, loved your commentary tonight. Always a very lively discussion with you around. Uh, where can everybody follow you at, bud? Ain't not a problem, man. And thanks again, Invader, for having me back. Like I said at the beginning of the show, I took damn near this whole year off of the community, man. I used to podcast weekly with a bunch of people. I used to be a part of some big shows. But um, I wanted time to myself, man, and not be a part of this uh, when that was going on. It wasn't as fun for me then, but uh, times have changed, man. We're kind of coming out, at least in some places, when it comes to that stuff and just the gaming news in general it's just so much more positive there's more to talk about less conjecture i find the consoles are here i think they're incredible and man i just can't wait to get back involved with um whoever will have me man so yourself i'd love to come back again as many times as often anyone else in the community if you're looking for a guest i'm totally open just send me a dm on twitter speaking of which that is so shady at the sesh empire that is one word that's me um i'm open to come on and talk some games man so if you want to see me in other shows maybe send them a dm tell them i'm open you'd like to see me there but I'm back, baby. At least I hope to be. I've got my own computer. I've had one for a few months. There is someone in the community, let's call him just a huge, huge So Shady fanboy, that he had to buy me the PC because he's just like, I need you to get some shit out. I need it now. Here it is. <laughs> and uh, I've just been sitting on it, man. To be honest, it intimidates me a little bit. I'm not the most tech savvy when it comes to getting all this editing and whatnot. And I just know that whatever I put out isn't going to be what my imagination wishes that it could be. And that upsets me. But I need to put that crap aside and get involved, man. There's just way too much to talk about. I got too much to share. I do enjoy interacting with everybody. And I think that the most toxic of narratives that have been going around for the better part of a decade have all been killed. We just don't really need to worry about that anymore outside of the extremists in the world. But they're becoming less and less relevant. And it's just becoming more fun, man. Gaming has never been 
what it is today. Never been more popular, never been more supported by more people. And we are getting experiences that I could have never dreamed of in my uh, youth. And so I am very excited. Again, so shady at the Session Empire. Thank you so much, everybody, for spending your time with us this week. I look forward to hearing and talking with everyone again in the future. Take it easy. Happy gaming. Well said, brother. Moving on over to the TXR regulars, starting with our very own Tim Dog. Hey, buddy. Great, great chat tonight. Where can everybody follow you at? Great chat. Great to have the panel. Uh, you know, uh, Fork Boy and JD, always a, always a pleasure. Really nice stuff tonight. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, obviously, XCloud Tim Dog. Uh, I go uh, uh, on Tuesday also, another podcast, RDX, um, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But, yeah, it's just great to hear the positivity. Shady, glad that you're back on the scene. And, uh, you know, uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, definitely uh, add some spice to the show. And um, love hearing your passion. And, you know, uh, you know, just uh, it's good to see. And, uh, Fork Boy, keep up with your good stuff. Excellent commentary. Um, and panel, great job, uh, chat, awesome, and we will see you next week. Yeah, Tim, mate, very well said, my friend. Uh, Shockley, buddy, hey, loved your stuff tonight. Uh, where can everybody follow you at? Yeah, as always, you can find me at Shock Nero on Twitter, Easy Shock on Xbox Live. Um, but yeah, good show. Thanks for uh, uh, Fork Boy and. Uh, Shady coming on, but yeah, good show tonight. See you later. Short and sweet. Very nice. And uh, Centurion Buddy, uh, where can everybody follow you at, pal? Well, for uh, man, great show tonight. Thank you to everyone for coming out. Uh, it's been a blast talking to Fork Boy and Shady and uh, hearing more about uh, Outriders. Um, dude, I'd definitely be leaning on you guys if I have any questions, if you don't mind. <laughs> Anytime, uh, so uh definitely for those interested you can find me at centurion 1307 on youtube of course um xbox live and twitter i can also be found right here every sunday night on the txr podcast and you can also find me every saturday night on the shop podcast all right, good stuff there, Centurion. And of course, to round this out, I'm Invader, and you can all find my content on YouTube over at Invader Gaming. As well, you can find my other content, my content on other media sites such as BitChute, Minds, and so on. Another stellar show, guys. It was a knockout by far, and uh, yeah, we will. Uh, we are definitely looking forward already to seeing you all here next week. So uh, have a good night, guys, and uh, yeah, take it easy. <laughs>